three, two, one. Obi Trice, real name, no gimmicks. Who are you? He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. That's what I'm talking about, man. Wait a minute, I know you. Check out the name tag. You're in my world now, Grandma. I know that, dude. He's a modern-day Yoda. I'm your huckleberry. Allow myself to introduce myself. Greetings and salutations. We came, we saw, we kicked its ass. You're excited. Feel these nipples. That boy is good. Mm-hmm. Good and terrible. Well, I have a microphone, and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! This is the Mike Rutherford Show on the Big X. Sportos and motorheads, geek bloods, wasteoids, dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. <laughs> everybody, it is Wednesday, February 22nd. This is the Mike Rutherford Show, coming to you as always from the University of Louisville College of Business Studios, the UofL College of Business, a top 100 business school in the nation, letting you earn your MBA in as little as 13 months. Visit business.louisville.edu to see what the UofL College of Business can do for you. We're on the air today from 3 until 6 here on 1450 AM, 96.1 FM, streaming all over the hemisphere. You know us better as the Big X. It is a warm, warm day outside. The warmest February 22nd in the history of Louisville, Kentucky. That's official. That's via our guy, Mark Weinberg. We got Trevor Kelsey in the building rocking. Uh, is it Sublime? Yep, Sublime t-shirt today. It's AEW Wednesday. He's, he somehow has gotten his days mixed up. About it's to okay. get up and open this window in here. It's warm. It's warm it's in warm here, It's warm in man. here, yeah. It doesn't help that we have, like, this is, uh, it's still telethon week. So we actually have other warm bodies in this building besides the two of us <laughs> and Bill next door uh, this week. So that. Adds more heat, but it's it, it's toasty in here today. It, it is. I was I was I came here with the windows down, even a little AC on on the way here today. You're looking a little spacey today. <laughs> a little spacey today. Tuesday you were you were vibrant, you were alive. There was some life in those eyes. Monday you were a little tired. Today you're on another world. You're, you're on another planet, which could be a good well, good show. I mean, I'm on a planet because it wasn't supposed to be this hot so far. Yeah, that's what it is. It's the heat. Global warming, right? Probably supposed to be really cold today. Just because the Cajun guarantee is correct doesn't mean you need to feel like Louisiana down here. The guarantee. <laughs> still still riding high from Monday's cup of prediction. Uh, it was well done. We want to hear from you today. It is a, look, it's a, we're bringing back Weird Wednesday today. Yay! Because even though yesterday kind of got weird anyway, even though we had a game to talk about, people still wanted to, like, to hell with the 17-point loss to Duke. That's you talk about that for 30 minutes. Let's get on to whatever the hell we got into yesterday. I don't even know I what people it was. It was the, definite, the difference between brown and white poop. Uh, motorcycles, a lot, lot of poop talk somewhere, somehow. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's I, I don't know. <laughs> we can do that again today, though. 502-414-1450 is the number for the Thornton's text line. Hit us up there, and while you're at it, download that Refreshing Rewards app from any of the uh, Thornton's locate. Well, it's not. I don't know why I said that. Download the Refreshing Rewards app from the App Store, any App Store. Search Thornton's, search Refreshing Rewards. It'll be very, very easy to find when you do so. You'll be able to save money at the pump. You'll be able to save money inside at any one of the 76,115 area Thornton's locations. There's that many of them for a reason. They know what they're doing. They're great at what they do. We love Thornton's. There's, we've got Louisville-related things to talk about. Namely, man, there's a lot out there. You get so I I love how you get so offended when there's there's noise out in the hall. You're like I'm, 
Yeah, we're so unprofessional here. Dude, I threw the it's head, like it's I threw the, the one preacher out of this place. At one you point. did. <laughs> you, you shushed him and then told him that we're on the air. Yeah, we we are so unprofessional on this show. Which if you're listening for the first time, get ready. But the one thing that really just sends you into full on I'm a radio pro mode is when people are being too loud in the hall. You you get man's got to have a go. You get this look on your face where it's <laughs> nothing else sends you this, to this place, but you get this look on your face where you're like, how dare they? This is a place of radio. This is this is these are professionals at work, and I can't believe that there's noise going on there from the out, the outside hall. It's wonderful. I yeah, love when it happens. People need this is where we need YouTube again. We do because you're <laughs> you get like the angry dad look out of nowhere. You go from like spaced out, like kind of staring goofily, the thermometer, <laughs> to full on like dad seeing his kid acting out at a school play while they're in this, the school oh, church. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's that dad face. That's what's happening here. Well, did you have that face to stay during your first ever t- parent-teacher conference? We did have parent-teacher conferences last night. It went well. It was it was good. It was pretty, it's pretty straightforward. The only thing that that so we couldn't find a, we had to do the late. So we had to take the 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 last slot because I'm on the air until six. So like I can't can't get off work. I think they're, they're available slots from like three until six thirty. So we're like, all right, we have to well, do next time we can always just do this on the air. Just take the show to to my daughter's school. Yeah, or just just bring her on the phone, the little speakerphone with Mary and the teacher. Let us know how our kid is. Let the wor- yeah. let, let the city know. I mean, we're gonna ask you the next day anyway. You're gonna give us all the details. We might as well get it firsthand. Let the city know how Virginia's doing in school. But so we we have to kind of have to rush there, hustle there at six thirty, and you know it's we don't have a sitter. Like we don't we don't have time to find a sitter. We don't, we don't want to pay our babysitter to stay there an extra like three hours, which is what it would be. If she's staying from like five until you know seven thirty, so we have to take John and Virginia. It's fine because my mom works at the school, so she's there, and we're like she'll just take Virginia and John around. They'll go to like one of the playrooms. And so you had a babysitter, it was just on site. Basically, just my mom. <laughs> yeah. But then she, you know, John, John's not having it. Anytime mom's in the same area and she knows that mom's in the same area, he's just he's he's not going to go anywhere else. So he's flipping out. So that was honestly the hardest part of the whole conference was just having John in the room with us. Virginia was fine. She went down to like the playroom and she was playing with my mom. And then John was just like acting. He like walks into this classroom like he owns the place. He's just like taking over the toys. He's crying a little bit. He's like he's throwing stuff. So that was a little bit distracting. I felt like we were the bad parents there that didn't have you know some, a place for their other kids during the conference. But that was fine. But Virginia's doing very well in school. The only thing that they said, and she's like, I'm sure you know this already. She doesn't like to participate in gym sometimes. I'm like, yeah, that's. We've heard that she, you know, gym days. She let it be known that she does not like going to gym class. Um, what are they doing gym at that age? I don't know. She just. I think How's Jim any different than pretty much anything else in the, the I don't, school? I don't know why she doesn't. She, she's gotten better with it. Last year, she really didn't like gym. Like she would not want to go to school on gym days. I think it's just the gym's big and it's kind of loud, and she for whatever reason gets intimidated. But she didn't like it. But besides that, like, there was one time where she was like, she wanted her blankie. We sent up like the the blankie that she has. It's kind of a comfort thing. We sent it in her backpack, and it's kind of like an as needed thing. Like if something. If she's having just a bad day, if she's not feeling well, then she can get the blankie. Well, did, did you did you have a blankie, a pacifier, or an object? Of a, I had a Pac-Man pillow. I never had anything like that. It was like this little pillow. It was like a little like rectangular pillow, one you know, normal size, a small like mini pillow, and like Pac-Man characters on it. Stuff. Love that thing. Still have it actually. A lot of people like my best friend, who I roomed with my freshman and sophomore years at Dayton. Like he, I didn't know this until we got to college. It's harder to hide things from your friends when you get to college and you're living in a you know three foot living room <laughs> but he brought he, like, he still like slept with his blankie he like, brought his blankie to school wow i'm not that i still he have did. mine I, he, just, I don't still sleep with and it. there was one moment where like he went from like the most manly phrase of all time to the least manly phrase in about five seconds he just goes i can't say the word on t-, but he's like f like says the f word yeah 
And I'm like, what? And he's like, forgot to wash my effing blankie. I was like, are you kidding me? Did you say that out loud? But Virginia has she has a little blankie, and she you know, she only goes to it when she she really needs it. She still sleeps with it, but she's become less and less reliant with it on it over the months. Most of your college and they said, roommate. Yeah, I don't think she'll be taking it to college. Hopefully, that thing is all it's tattered and torn. It's it's a mess. I don't think it's gonna make it more than a few more years. So hopefully, she doesn't need it very long. But they, they're like, there was one time where she was like, I want my blankie, I want my blankie, and we were like, hold on, Virginia. And she was like. Give me my blankie now. And they're like, we looked at her and she knew right away, like she had made a mistake. That's not, you know, it's not going to fly in school. And besides that, she's doing, she's doing well. It was a pretty, I mean, I assume most parent teacher conferences for three year olds are, are relatively straightforward and boring. Like they're going to let you know if they're beating up kids or they're, you know, reciting anti Semitic slurs throughout preschool. Like they're, they're going to let you know pretty quickly when there's a situation like that. So, I don't think anybody's blindsided. I'm you, Mr. Rutherford, but your daughter drew a giant swastika. <laughs> what do you know about this? Can you, can you explain this to us, please? She keeps referring to her class as the master class. We're not, <laughs> we're not exactly sure if she knows what that means. I wonder what would a, what would a bad like parent-teacher conference like? I'm sorry to inform you, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, but your child is going to repeat preschool. Yeah, she I mean, just can't concept. She drawing... can't concept the. The art of sharing or staying in line. She's drawing pictures of your house, but it's all on fire, and <laughs> it says "kill daddy" on it. I, I don't, we, I don't know. I mean, we still have yet to find the missing class hamster, and she claims that this doesn't do with it. But. Every time we talk about it, she gets this sly smile. Yeah, it, it really is scaring all of us, including the kids. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I think that it would be, like I said, if there's a problem at that age that's that that needs to be talked about. I think it gets talked about before you get to parent-teacher conferences. So, you know, we went in knowing it wasn't going to be like a... T- Did you ever have a, a terrible like, like parent-teacher conference moment growing up? Not really, because I don't remember... I, we didn't really have them that much. You never I'm had them growing no, up? No, the, the closest thing to a parent-teacher conference was when my mom got called to the principal's office because I was there. That's kind of a parent-teacher conference. Yeah, I mean, that's... that's I, I, I really don't remember having them. I, I think maybe we had them at Wagner, like, near, like my sophomore year, but... I don't remember how, like, I know how you, you would get days off, like, kids later on, and even your age group would, like, get days off for these. Like, I don't remember having yeah. that. Like, they were, yeah, they, they were off school yesterday. But the only one that I remember that was really bad, because I, I don't think we ever had them in high school. I know we, I remember vividly in grade school, because, like, you had to go with your parents. And it was always just awkward. Like, being in school after school hours is awkward enough already. Like, seeing your teacher in a different uh, forum is just, it's one of those, it messes with your mind a little bit. Like, you don't, you know they exist outside of that, 8 a.m. to 3 p.m. realm, but actually seeing it just kind of f's you up a little bit in the brain. But the only time where I was, so eighth grade was like, you know, we all have phases where we're like going through stuff. Like eighth grade, I just I was in a very much a like everything sucks. Like I, I don't give a bleep about anything. Teenage phase. angst. I, I, yeah, like I'm, I'm hitting puberty. I don't want to deal exactly. with you. Yeah, it, yeah I'm, I'm angry and horny constantly, and there's no outlet for me. This is terrible. So you should start smoking eighth grade like me. Maybe that would have been. That would have calmed you down a little bit. I think I I did smoke a few times in eighth grade, but never like consistently. But like I, so I just like did not try at all in school. Like like just completely gave up. Like like just was like whatever. I know I'm going to high school. I think especially after I like tested into the AP program at Trinity, I'm like, well, to hell with this. Like why why should I care? So I do remember like second semester, like the second parent teacher conference, and I had my little sister went to the same school. And they would try to stagger if you had a sibling. They'd try to stagger the parent-teacher conferences. So, like, you know, you'd go to one, and then you'd still be there, and you'd go to the next one. And I think that they screwed up the scheduling with mine because it was, like, hers, Katie's, my sister, was, like, 
655 or something, and I was like 710. So they clearly meant to have us back-to-back, but ours were like four days apart. And so my parents didn't pick up on this. I did. I'm a, I, I never admitted this before. I acted like this was an honest mistake. But I, I, I completely saw what was going on. My parents did not, and I did not correct them because I knew at this point in time— How would you? I was failing like like multiple classes. It was, it was I was doing terribly in school, and I knew— that, a day of reckoning was coming. Like the day that I'd been putting off for a few months was going to to bite me in the ass here. And if I could avoid being in the actual room when when that knowledge was was uh, was dispensed, that was going to be my goal. Were you were they were they were they stopped giving out F's at that point? And giving out U's? I was I had two U's. Yeah, I, remember, I still had I, I had very early on was my was my F days, and then they switched to U's. I think like my seventh or eighth grade year. I think we had six classes in eighth grade, and I remember I had like two C's, two D's, and two U's at this point. <laughs> like, 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 F is too intimidating to a child. Let's make it a U. Make that better. U is like worse. You it's like smack farther the down the alphabet. It was terrible. <laughs> so like, and this was again, this was like early. I remember after this come to Jesus moment, like I, I picked it up. I started like kissing teachers' asses. I was like, oh, your baby's so cute. And they're like, oh, here's a great, here's an A. I'm like, this is how, how easy it is. I just don't want to play the game. But so like my, the next day after I'm supposed to have our parent-teacher conference, like they go to, they go to Katie's, they, they show up for mine. They're like, oh, Michael's was supposed to be like four days ago or something. And like they, instead of having the parent-teacher conference, they just send the grades and the report home with my parents. And my dad was kind of a scary dad. Like, like was definitely one of the more intimidating dads of like any of my friends. And I had been laid into several times. This was the all-time. This, this was the all-time worst. Like, like he said, I won't repeat. You're flunking eighth grade. I don't think I can repeat any of the things that were said to me. It was very much just a... I mean, I remember he had to apologize for some of it. Like that's how bad it got. It was, it was, it was really bad. The echoes of curse words still ring over Glenville today. Pretty much, like this was, that was the worst. But I'm like, I, it was one of those like as a kid, you know it's coming, like you know you're just gonna have to deal with it. But like when it actually happens, it's worth. And I think later that week, I also it was, the, it was the, we played in the city tournament in basketball, and it was the game where we lost on a buzzer beater in overtime, and I missed the front end of a one and one that like let them come down. Blake Nix hit it, who ended up you. Know, you we play on the same team at St. Matthews. He was a really good player in high school. Uh, hit, hit a shot at the buzzer. And, like, it was, it was, like, the worst week of my life. Like, I had, like, this just complete whoring out from, from my dad over my academics. Like, they, I think that was after the basketball game. The basketball game was a disaster. It was a rough time to be little 13, 14-year-old Mike. It was, it was a tough week. That's the worst you've ever been yet. That was the worst. That was the worst. I had a coach one time who yelled at me, like, really, like, Got into, but like that was kind of his thing. Like he would say these terrible, and I know like nowadays that doesn't fly, but like back then it was like he's gonna say these terrible things about you, and then five minutes later he's gonna be like patting you on the head and you're making jokes. Like I remember one time he, it was that was pretty bad, but this for my dad was definitely the worst. See, I never got yelled at, which probably has a good example of my adulthood. But when I did when I did get in trouble, mom never yelled. She just was like pull the pants down and grab the spatula. I just she was she was silent but deadly. As it didn't, as that continued to not work, did she just not try other methods? She just, just didn't think that maybe the. Well, it didn't not, help that by like 11, I was bigger than her. Well, <laughs> like, there is yeah. that. I think I sent you a picture when I was like eight, and I'm already taller than you were her. You're huge, yeah. I saw yeah. That yeah no, I know. I told you I was like 6'3 by seventh grade. You were. You're, I you're, stopped you're, growing along the. You and who, me both. Who decided? See, I stopped growing around seventh, ace. I started smoking in ace. You think the scientists would have like cut a connection here or something? I told you, I've been this size since like sixth grade. Like, <laughs> like I was this size in when I was 12 and then the doctors came to me like, they're like, we're changing up. Cause I had to take inhalers for asthma growing up. 
And they're like, we're changing up your inhaler. This one's been proven to stunt growth. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> you've got to be. And then like four years later, like this one has been proved to cause sudden death in some people. So we're taking. And I was like, okay, well, I'm not taking any of your inhalers yeah, anymore. I'll just, I'll just take a chance in an asthma attack at this point. Once, once I got done with sports. You're shrinking me and killing me to begin with. <laughs> once I got done with sports, I'm like, no, I'm not taking any of your inhalers anymore. I don't need to breathe that badly. I'll, I'll take the occasional extra sickness if it's not going to kill me and stunt my growth. You already killed any chance I had of playing in the NBA. And then 40 years later, you have long COVID because of it. Maybe they, they've tried to get so they've tried to get me on multiple new inhalers, and every one of them besides like the the albuterol, like the emergency inhaler, like makes me feel like crap. I don't know what it is, but like I can't. I, I try for like two three weeks. I've tried multiple times. They just they make things ten times worse, and my breathing sucks. I told you I went to the pulmonologist, and he's like he's, he was a good guy, but he was definitely trying to be like, oh yeah, you're tight as hell, bro. Like listening to me breathe, and I'm like, come on, man. Like, he used the word bro. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, we don't need to do this. We don't, we don't, we're, we can be friends, but we don't need to talk like this. I was like, I don't talk like this with my friends. <laughs> we mean bro. I was like, yeah, bro, I know. <laughs> bra. <laughs> Just give me that inhaler, bro. No cap. Uh, no, but that was that, that, that was the rough. It was not a great experience. Uh, but that was the that was at 100 the only like parent-teacher conference that I remember, and it didn't actually end up happening. I skipped it on purpose and then still had my day <laughs> still, reckoning. Still had your day reckoning. Still, yeah. I, and I knew it was going to be bad. Well, you just delayed it a little bit. I remember, like, eighth grade, because I'd always been, like, a good kid who got good grades. And then eighth grade, just, like, you know, puberty happens, like, weird stuff happens, and you just kind of, like, I don't know, I just had a, I went through a weird year. And I remember, like, teachers having heart-to-hearts with me. They're like, like Michael, like, you're not going to make it in high school. It's like, you keep, like, what what are you doing right now? And I was like, I don't know, like just not caring about school. What do you want me to say? <laughs> I feel like the student Uncle Buck when like he goes to the teach parent teacher co- the the team with the principal for his daughter the, the the little girl. It's like she's a dreamer. She's a she has her head in the clouds. He's like she's eight. You're freaking old. <laughs> it was a, it was a weird time. The the time that I remember having his true heart to heart was I had gym class. We had the same gym teacher for like five, and she always really liked me. But we were playing basketball, and it's one of those you have like the boys and the girls are playing together, and you're supposed to pass five times before anybody shoots, and it's not. It's not fun at all. And well, so your gym teachers cared a lot more than ours did. It, it was it was it was boring. So of course, like I'm out there, like I'm pulling from like 28 feet, like very like I get the ball, I'm like I'm like watch this, I'm like taking shots from half court, not making any of them, but like I'm launching, and she's like she's like get out, you're done, and like she sits me down, and she's like, what's going on with you? And I was like, I don't know, I'm 14, and I, the, my world turned upside down. Like one day I was really about baseball, and then the next day I'm like. You hit puberty and you just want to bang everything. It makes you, it does weird stuff to your brain. I don't know what you want me to say. My gym teacher would just tell us to run around the court four times and then find do then, do something and leave him alone. Play dodgeball. It well, we never dodgeball. He would just basically just you, everybody ran to play pickup games on the court. A couple of people would do the volleyball and then some people would just go back in the, in the locker room and smoke. I mean, it was just doesn't sound like gym to me. <laughs> that was my gym class at Westport pretty much, except for my seventh year, seventh grade year, which I had gym class last. I don't know why they did that. I think I went to it like once. I would just the, the irony of it is that they're would, asking you to skip. I would I would because I lived right you know my, my I lived right next to Westport Middle School. Now the thing is though like I couldn't really just go home because my grandmother was there. So what I would do is me and like a couple of my friends we would just basically who's all both on my class we would just cut and we'd go down to Briarwood Park and play basketball. So you basically do gym class yeah, stuff exactly. while skipping gym that's class. That's the stupidity of a seventh grader exactly. And the best part is we'd have to get back up to Westport. So they could catch their buses and go home. That's. I mean, <laughs> seems counterproductive. You may as well have just stayed in school. I mean, and of course, I got trouble. I think a couple times for ditching because they like saw me sneaking out or it's something. It's crazy how desperate we are to be bad. At I mean, yeah, There's it's just like, no point. What's the point? I think the only difference is, and 
as you know me, even as a youth and as a, an adult, I didn't want to run around the, the damn gym four times. No, there's that. You did. And if you didn't, he'd walk up to you and he'd, he'd carry this comb. And he, I can't remember his name. He'd flick you in the ear with a comb. That's annoying. Yeah. He had, patches, he had, the, he had the patches on his jacket. It was odd. So that was my Tuesday night. Got done with that. Went home. Got, got Virginia, Virginia got a Happy Meal because she was good. She, she had a good. Uh, Do they, are they still doing the promotion where they're actually giving up the box, the, like the old school Happy Meals again? It's still. Or... No, they 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 were for a while. We, yeah. had, we had a couple of those, but no, they back to the bag. No, it's still in the Happy Meal box. Oh, it is okay. I mean, that's that's been going on for a long time. I thought they got rid of those and put them in like these paper bags. For no, a while. it's it's they still rock the box. The toys have been a little bit different. The toys are. Well, the toys have taken to, steps. Toys back. are hit and miss. Yeah. She got like a Monopoly Man like game thing. She's like, what the hell is this? Give me a Mickey and Minnie toy. But that was a nice little Tuesday. Watched some basketball last night. It was good. How was the TK Manor evening? Uh, not too bad. It was actually kind of a throwback night. Uh, watched I watched some Kansas State and Baylor, which you were right. I was on that one. But then after that, I don't know why. I just like I was trying to find something to watch, and I just got down this rabbit hole of watching old Twenty One Jump Street episodes on Fox from Fox. <laughs> like I, I ended up watching like the pilot. You're the only person I know who would ever <laughs> say that, and I'd be like, yeah, that's that's Trevor. <laughs> like I just I don't know why. Like I just I was just scrolling through like Peacock. So I was like, I don't go on this app, this app very much. Maybe there's something on here I haven't seen. And like, I just, I don't know why. I just like, you know what? I, I used to love Twin Jump Street as a kid. When it, cause I, I was, I was all over Fox with Mary, with, you know, uh, Tracy Oldman show and Mary with children, 21 Jump Street, uh, little eight year old Trevor. And I was like, you know, let's, let's I'm going to, I'm going to watch it. Give it another shot. And the first, the first, the first episode is a two parter. I was into it. Man. I'm like, is this kid on drugs? What's he stealing? Why, why is Waxer want to beat up Johnny Depp so bad? And then, that led to like two or three more episodes. The second one was even better. Yeah, they, there was a great plan of these kids that were working in the shop class. They were stealing cars, stripping mm. them completely down. Then they'd put the frame out on the street, buy shop the shops, buy the frame legally, and then rebuild the car real quick and resell it. Uh, yeah, that's what they do. Chop shops. It was this. <laughs> they have a little bit of a thing with that in uh, Friday Night Lights, but you didn't watch the far enough for that but uh yeah it was what, what's in, friday night lights oh yeah i haven't got to that part yet but yeah it's uh I'm, i don't know michael home watch a little more 21 jump street after the AEW tonight probably not but you never know it's a great way to spend a nash wednesday watch a little young johnny depp now has your do we, we never settled on what you're giving up for lent yesterday well i i did did to follow the, the catholic rules i went and got some hash this morning so i, I did that for wednesday Hash Wednesday. Is that what it is? Mm. <laughs> no. No, it's not. I got it wrong. You got it wrong. Oh well, crap. <laughs> um, I am gonna find you a movie to. Well, you got to watch only murders this week. You, I'm only. I gave you a short week, a short episode. Yeah, that's my. I, I'm not giving up anything for Lent. I'm taking on something for Lent, which is watching all of your bad recommendations. Well, not all. I'm going to give you, you get one week to whole, a whole week to watch an entire movie. That's, that's, I think that's fair enough, right? Okay. Now this week is short because it starts on Wednesday. So you only have to watch one episode of Boy murders, which is like 20 minutes long. I'm going to do that. Okay. We did actually Mary and I, and I can't just pull a movie out. I got, it's gotta be something naturally, which that's why I was looking through Peacock last. I was like, let's find a movie to watch. Mary and I did complete a movie Ooh. in a record, like three days. It took us three days. Wow. We watched it on Netflix. It's the, your House or Mine, the new romantic comedy with, with Reese Witherspoon and Ashton Kutcher. Fellas, I'm letting you know right now. They're still making movies. I'm letting you know right now. You can skip that one. You don't you don't need to watch it. Mary's like, after after it ended last night, she's like, it was kind of cute. I was like, oh, God. It was, it has moments where I kind of chuckled. There were moments where I chuckled. I, I enjoy both Ashton Kutcher and Reese Witherspoon to a degree. But 
you can skip it unless you have to unless you want to just kill some time with your significant other and have something to watch. It was not. Now was it not like fantastic? You know, they don't they hate each other, but they're they're connected. And they oh no, together. they've been platonic best friends for like twenty oh, years. Oh, that one. They okay. hooked up at one point. And then they realized it could never work, but they've been best friends for a long time. It's the laziest plot of all time. That sounds like Elaine and Jerry. It's basically the only like somewhat interesting plot point is they swap houses because she has to take some sort of class where he lives, and he's like she's got nobody to watch her kid, her kids her whole life. She's divorced, and he's like, are the kids his? No, it's she. She married somebody else, a, a mountain climber. They had she had one kid, a son who's like eleven. I'm glad you included that detail. <laughs> yeah. Well, the mountain climber left to go climb mountains. So he just left. Oh, well, just okay. left. Yeah. And so Ashley was like, "I'll watch your kid. You stay at my place." He's become this wealthy person, but he really wants to be a writer. There's nothing lazier than writers writing about somebody who wants to be a writer. <laughs> and he's like, "Come stay at my place. I'll stay at yours." So it's basically a holiday without the you know the holiday movie. It's the exact same plot without the secondary romance storyline. So like. Like the, the whole, the, there's no, there's there's no development. Like they just, they've they hooked up. They've been best friends for 20 years. He secretly loved her this whole time. They both at the end of the movie realize they love each other and they get together. That's it. That's the whole movie. I think you'd be better off watching 21 Jump Street. With I would have. 21 Jump Street's great. The, the movie. I've never seen the show. Oh, there's one thing about this that did 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 track did did, did make this spark my attention though, because I know this came out in like 1987, late 87, early 88. So there there you know there's differences. By the way, Peacock, I don't know what they're saying on here, but the obviously dubbing of some of the characters' dialogue mm. is just like, because like, I'm, I'm at one point they cover up and make the guy say spit. I'm like, there's no way he actually said the S word in 1987 on Fox. I mean, there's, what did he really say? That's weird. So, but uh, the thing that really caught my attention was, okay, so the, you know the plot. They're, you're young, they're, yes. but they're older. And in the, in the story, they pretty much say that most of these guys are like 20, I think they're all 21, 22, the, the cops. Yet they have no problem making out with these high school girls when they're undercover. That's an issue. <laughs> now Johnny does in the in the first episode only make out with the girl, even though she's trying to go back to the car to have sex with him, and he defers her by saying that he has hepatitis C, which pretty clever, I think. And but in like another episode, they're trying to keep it's an eye on this Polish cool. girl who's going wild, and the uh, I don't remember his name, Harry, uh, the, the Asian kid. He like he's like I'll just hey I'll act like I'm on a date with her and I'll keep an eye on her, and he's just like totally making out with her going to third base with her in the movie theater. I'm like, it's like twenty, it's like sixteen years old. It's an issue. Like was this not a problem in 1987? There are a lot of movies that have that that same kind of issue where it's like oh, like Dirty Dancing. She's <laughs> yeah, I mean, Dirty Dancing. Yeah, that's he's, at least these guys are like 21, 22. You're going to jail. Yeah, Patrick Swayze is like 40. <laughs> uh, we have a Louisville baseball game going on right now. Yeah, but, uh, there are sports happening. Uh, after Jim Patterson, the Cards playing their first midweek game of the season. They're hosting Xavier, who's 0-4. Not great so far for Louisville, though. They trail 3-2 uh, as they enter the fourth inning. Cards just left the bases loaded in the home half of the third. Hopefully we can get the bats going, take care of business, get this midweek win. We'll get back on it. Get ready for a weekend series. Louisville looking to improve to 4-0 right now. The Cards number four in the country, according to the Baseball America new Top 25 poll. Let's stay unbeaten. Let's get this going. Although, you know, we talked about this last week, last year a lot. Midweek games are weird in college baseball. Like you don't, you're, you're not. Sometimes you're playing weird lineups. You're trying to get some guys some some PT. You're not throwing any of your best pitchers. So summers. I mean, we lost some to some you get bad teams. days on midweek. Yeah, we we lost to some some really bad teams in midweek game midweek games last year just because it's kind of a the whole college baseball setup is kind of a, a funky system. But 
That's the way it goes. Uh, we can come back. We're, we're going to talk a, a little bit. Of, I've got a couple of notes to get to when it comes to the, the basketball team, a couple of topics. I also I do want to talk. I know that it's kind of taboo, but this is it's Weird Wednesday. There's a CBS Sports story today about Rick Pitino, what's he going to do next. It's got some interesting quotes about Pitino and some interesting notes from job offers that he got that I did not know about until they were put in this story. I want to get to that. Also, uh, a couple of Jeff Brom notes, and then we'll take text, obviously, from you about all sorts of things at 502-414-1450. We'll come back. We'll start talking about sports after the break. It's the Mike Rutherford Show here on a Wednesday on 1450 and 961, The Big X. Mike Rutherford Show here on 1450 and 96.1 The Big X. We probably do play a lot because I, I do. Temptations are my, like, my top five. Probably. I enjoy the Temptations. I love Temptations. But every time you play it, I'm always like, oh, I love this song. I feel like I've heard it recently, though. I'm like, oh, yeah, it was on this show. I had the exact same thought the last time we did this like five weeks ago. <laughs> it's been more than five weeks. Probably, maybe. I don't know. It's well, probably, yeah, I, I have yeah. no idea when, but I know we've played it multiple times. It's just, you know, sometimes. No, it probably has. Yeah, if I've played random stuff. But today's all Temptations Day anyway. The Trevor music sticks with me. Speaking of Trevor music, you know, you famously, you got fired by the KRC guys because of your music. Yeah, that's right. They brought in Scooter Dingus, and you and Scooter Dingus have, you know, you have friendly feuds. The most 
prominent and well-known friendly feud is the bet that you guys have about who would win more games this season, Louisville or Eastern Michigan and Imani Bates. Um, you, there was some life. You were feeling good after the way we've been playing recently. We've got a winnable game Saturday against Georgia Tech. We could potentially beat Virginia Tech next Tuesday on senior night. Then maybe a game or two in the ACC tournament. It was 6-4 to four going into last night. I told you Eastern Michigan's schedule down the stretch, though, is is bad. They don't, yeah, you they did. Don't, you warned me. Bad for you, at least, because they play the, some of the worst teams in the MAC. Not they, BAD, not BADD bad, isn't like Michael Jackson, but bad. BAD, so, yeah, yeah, BAD B, yeah, straight BAD bad. And they're trying to get in the MAC tournament. The MAC has 12 teams. They only let eight teams in their conference tournament because they're cowards. I hate leagues like that, but they do that. I thought it was because they didn't want to like pay the travel. <laughs> yeah, this pretty much is. It's cost cost. They they want to play at one neutral site. They don't yeah. want to play the the. First round, it's, it's stupid, but that's a topic for a different day. But Eastern Michigan last night toppled Western Michigan for their seventh win. And I'm not sure that Louisville can get to seven. We may be up against it now. This bet, I know that you, you gave up on this bet a long time ago. You you, you came I, to terms I, with it. I, I kind of did, but there was, a blow, still, there was still a part of me that was like, you know, there, there's a chance. Like, there was this little guy who was just kind of like you – know, Usually when you look at your shoulders, I see two devils, but I, I had the one little angel. He was kind of hiding in the back. Like, hey, psst, psst. You can still do this, maybe. You're, <laughs> you're mathematically involved. <laughs> this time math is cool. And I was like, you know what? He's right. But, yeah, I mean, but the other part of me, like, set aside the money to pay him off like a month and a half ago, a month ago. You should have bet on higher Ken Palm ranking because – if I'd been you, I would have. Despite the fact that Louisville's four and twenty-four and Eastern Michigan is seven and twenty-one, Louisville now all the way up to a respectable—not really—two hundred seventy-eighth in Ken Palm. We are climbing that ladder. One man. spot ahead of Chicago State now, one spot behind nine and seventeen Dartmouth. Meanwhile, Eastern Michigan a lowly three hundred tenth. That's because even their wins are weak wins. Well, yeah, they, yeah, they, they, it's a bad conference. I mean, yeah, I mean, come on, I mean, Western Michigan's 318 the Kent Bomb. They beat them by seven last night. Monty Bates, by the way, did not play that well. He went to 20 shots. Uh, 18. Okay. He must have been must have had a sore wrist. Do you want to guess how many he made? Five. Six. <laughs> 17 points, six of 18 from the field, four of nine on twos, three, two of nine from beyond the arc. At least evens it out. <laughs> one assist, one turnover. Well, hey, he's, he's consistent. Yeah. He, the, like... I love, so we're up to 270 now on the, on the Ken Palm? 278. I mean, call yeah. us the Jeffersons. We're moving on up, my We've man. We've covered the Ken Palm. Like, the Vegas spread has been more kind than the Ken Palm spread because Ken Palm kind of overcorrected, it seems like. And they're so, like, they had the Duke game. They had us losing by, like, I think 22 or something. And so when we cut, when you play closer than the, the algorithm predicts, you move up in the rankings. And so we've been covering the spread for... Besides the fifth game, I think, for like six of our last seven games. Yeah, majority of yeah. yeah, but Bates recently, by the way, if you look at his – I keep saying, by the way, I'm sorry. His shooting, his shooting stats. He got all that hype for the 35-point game and the 43-point game against Toledo. The last just several games he's played. Six of 18 from the field, five of 17, three of 13, two of 17. And this is Eastern Ooh, Michigan's playing better 17? recently. Two of 17, and they're lost to Toledo. If he plays a half-decent game – they probably win that game. They lost 70-63. to 63. Damn, He didn't need it. They just clinched. They got their seventh win. I mathematically, we can't even get to that, can we? Well, yeah, we can. We have three regular I'm sorry, I'm going to use left. the word realistically. Realistically. <laughs> I'm sorry, wrong. I, you know me with words. I always use the wrong one. The issue for you is I mean, we would need to beat Georgia Tech on Saturday, which is doable. Yeah. We'd need to beat Virginia Tech on Tuesday, which is 
less doable, but still not possible. Not, not outside the realm of possibility. We ain't beating Virginia and Charlottesville. Well, you know, they never know. There's, there's a chance. Not, it's not happening. So that gets us to six. If we could definitely win a game in the conference tournament. Uh, yeah. we, we could definitely win a game. That would get us to seven, and you would have a push, and then we would see what would happen in the game. The issue for you is Eastern Michigan still has three games left against some of the worst teams in the MAC. <laughs> but they're one of the worst teams in the MAC. They are. But you would want them to play some of the better teams in the MAC so that they would be stuck at seven. They play Ball State on Saturday, who's actually pretty good. It's their, their toughest remaining game. Yeah, Bonds they play, Wells, baby. They got Bowling Green and Northern Illinois, who both suck. Bowling Green would be Antonio Daniels. And... The good news for you, though, both those games are away from home. I want, does they play better in Eastern Michigan's? Yes, know. they've been better at home. They have not. They've won one road game this season. It's more than us. You need to keep them at seven to have any sort of shot. Because if you keep them at seven, not only do they lose their last three games, but there's no way that they make the conference tournament. So that they're done. And then we would be, we could theoretically go into the ACC tournament with six wins, looking for two to win your bet, or just one to at least keep your five hundred dollars. Oh, how great would that be? It's possible, but we need we need EMU to lose these next three games. Come on, Ball State, uh, Bowling Green, and who's the third one? Northern Illinois. Northern Illinois. Michael the Burner Turner. The Bowling Green one's the one that's going to be a little bit dicey for you. Bowling Green, 284 on Ken Palm. But they have lost seven games in a row. I'm getting a little nervous. Like, it's possible. But if we lose to Georgia Tech on Saturday, all this is moved. It's like, done. We're, yeah. we're done. We'll anyway. be ma- we will, I mean, we still technically won't be mathematically eliminated, I don't think. But Well, if if we lose and they win, then you are mathematically eliminated. Well, what if we win out the ACC tournament? Well, okay. You're, you're, <laughs> I guess technically there you go. I was I was thinking more like if we're putting the, the cap at winning two games in the conference tournament. I'm which, taking this down to the wire to hold on to my money. There you go. I'm not giving the $500 away until you rip it from my cold, dead hand. Basically. That's fine. I want to see the Louisville season officially over before I say I'm done. Uh, 502-414-1450 is the Thornton Saxon. I've done that twice now. I, I just forgot. The, I was doing the commercials yesterday with Jay. I, I did the whole thing. Like thought it was pretty good, the 30-second one. And then I just forgot the radio station at the end. I'm like, take it to Mike Rutherford show, Monday through Friday, 3 to 6 on. And I was like, I, somewhere? I, I can't remember what it is. So we had to do the whole thing again. By the way, Louisville baseball over there at Jim Patterson Stadium. They trail 3 to 2 now. It's after four innings. Why don't we just call this a show and head down there? It's just a nice day. It's beautiful out there. I mean, is there a better day to just sit at the ballpark right now? Warmest I mean, February 22nd of all time. I mean, it's not too, like, the, the sun's not blaring on you, so it's not too hot. It's a nice breeze. Feels great. I mean, this is a perfect day. Grab grab a little vape and head on down to the ballpark. Grab, grab some hot dogs and have a good time. Let's root on the cards. A couple of uh, texts here from the Thornton Sex Line, 502-414-1450. The first text that we got today said Scoots clinched the bet with Trevor last night. No, not but, officially. But it was a big blow. That was a that, that, it, that was a big listen. Blow. I'm 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 down. The refs at eight, but I, I I snuck back up like Mike Tyson in Tokyo. Texas five passes before your shoot was your gym teacher Kenny Payne. <laughs> That's a lot, man. Who tells what the eight year olds got to pass five times? Well, we're eighth grade. Eighth grade. We're so 40, basically, she wanted to make sure that like the girls got chances to like like you you have to pat like every. Boy had to pass to a girl, and the girl had to pass to a boy. Basically, they wanted to just get the girls involved, and I was like, Kobe! I was just like, no, I'm not, I'm not taking this seriously. I'm launching. Like, I'm going to take a pass with the girl, all right. Nice <laughs> Texas, I feel your pain, Mike. I remember knowing the impending threat from my dad to go visit the homeless people under Jefferson Street Bridge when a poor report card came in. <laughs> 
they made him go hang out with the homeless and he had a bad report card. That's tough. That, that was worse That's than mine. That's bad. I feel like I had it easy. That was that was rough. That was just, we did not have to do that. Did you make him live with the homeless people, or you they just, just like, drop him off? They just community service, because we did have to do some of that. What was the Chappelle show where they did the the, the, the husband swap, and he took the kid to the the, the project? He's like, they go sell some crack. That's what they do around here. <laughs> uh, your boy says there always calls me Mark on the text. Line. He's back in town now. He was out of town for the weekend, so that's why he's been so silent. He always calls me Mark. Why? He calls you Mark. He's like, Mark, are you buying or selling Kentucky basketball? Can make a run in March. Uh, something tells me he's just he's just not paying attention to his typing. That or maybe he thinks your name is Mark. He also said before that. I'm going to keep on that, by the way. I'm the same age as you, Trevor. We no. had parent-teacher conferences a year, a year. We had to go. You just didn't know about it because the kid is usually not invited to the parent-teacher's conference. Okay, two things. One. We had to go in grade school. We had to go with the, the, the parents. It was really awkward. He he's, he's already lying right there. A, he's four months older than me. He's an old man. Okay, so there there's that. Two. How would he know? He, he bounced around more schools than a, like a military kid. He, he went to like four high schools in three years. He does go on to say, do you remember the old report cards before computers? They were carbon copies. Oh, I, yeah. I changed my grades from A- minus to A+, plus and B- minus to B+. Plus. The problem is my mom went to parent-teacher conferences and saw my real report card. She grounded me for the entire summer. She said, funny thing about it is, is that she was happy with the grades as is and that the line got me in way more trouble. That's a miscalculation. Nah. If I had an A minus, I'm not changing it. I'm not taking the risk to I change it to a plus. Doing that. I never had an A minus to change an A plus. Mine was just trying to turn like a D into a B. But I know what he's talking about. You, did, you had those two, right? The carbon? Uh, yeah. 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 They, they were. I still got I have like PTSD thinking about them. <laughs> but as far as buying or selling Kentucky basketball, can make, I, think they can, I, I think they can make a run. I do. I don't. I, I don't want to admit it. I wish that they I felt otherwise. Right, Florida. Oh, it's Florida. Okay. It's a quad one game for them. It's a game that they should win. Florida's not playing very well. Um, I don't. I, I still don't really get Kentucky, but I think they have the pieces there to, with the right draw, of course. It's the addendum that you have to add to any conversation about the NCAA tournament. They get the right draw, get a couple of breaks. I can see them making a run. I don't want it to happen. I'm hoping they stay in that because right now everybody has them in, the, in that eight nine range. And it's the death game. I want them to stay in that range. I don't want them like the worst kept secret in the NCAA tournament is it's way better to be an 11 seed than it is to be an eight seed. Like 11s make far more runs the second weekend and beyond than eight or nine seeds do. You just you gotta avoid the one seeds. Even yeah. even in a year like this, I know that they, the top of the college back it's a down year for the sport. We've established that the top of the the pyramid isn't quite as strong as it is in most years, but still you want to avoid the one seeds in the second round. What about you? Sorry, I'm answering all the questions. Do you think Kentucky can make a run? Hope not. Well, we both hope not. I I think they will. I think they will. And when it's said and done, we'll be in the tournament. Will they make a run again? You're right. It's all about matchups. But, but you know, the hater in me hopes not. Texas, hopes they get a U on their report card. Texas, what did Capel say about Luke? I've I've heard this. I, I don't think it was about Luke Hancock specifically. But Luke is taking up for the entire ACC network. So, Capel was on the ACC coaches teleconference. And he basically came out and was like, every time I watch our network, he's like, I turn on our network and the topic is, is the ACC overrated? And they're talking about this conference. And they're talking down about it. And they're, they're you know, saying the league isn't as good as it usually is. And every time I watch the big 10 network, all they're doing is hyping up their conference. Basically his, his point is like, we need more cheerleaders supporting this conference. We have our own network and we've got people talking about, rational things and objective things. We need pom-pom waivers 
Or Doug, scarce, he would say butt slappers. We need butt slappers, sunshine pumpers, whatever yeah. euphemism you want to use. We need all of that. And Luke is like, Luke doesn't say what I would say, which is my man. The league is down. <laughs> the Big Ten's not talking about them being down because the Big Ten's not down. Why we are you are complaining, down. Jeff? You're 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 getting you're benefiting off that by having a good season this year. Exactly. Luke, he's got the receipts. Like, like he launches into this this sort of not tirade, but he's talking about how. Look, I, I've got a 16-minute clip that I'm going to send you back of us talking about how we think Pitt is being undervalued by the analytics, by how they're being undervalued by, by the human polls. They should be in the top 25. We've talked about Clemson not being properly rated. I, I think Capel's doing this thing. All these coaches are paranoid that we're going to have another situation where like Wake Forest got left out of the NCAA tournament last season despite being a, a top 35 team on Ken Palm, despite having a solid net ranking. And they think it's all because the perception of the ACC is that it's down. And, I mean, Jim Beheim had a similar rant before the start of the season. I guess he just assumed that Syracuse would be on the bubble because Syracuse is on the bubble every year. But they're all like, you guys said that we sucked last year. You kept one of the our highest-ranked teams out of the tournament entirely, and look what happened. Miami goes to the Elite Eight. Duke and Carolina go to the Final Four. Carolina goes to the national title game, plays Kansas really close. We clearly weren't as down as you guys thought. And so they're trying you – know, they're, they're – trying to make their statement before they even really need to. The problem is you have to actually play games and you know, you can't base an NCAA tournament seating on how well a conference did in the NCAA tournament the year before. You have to base it on the fact that look, the numbers say you are the seventh best conference in all of college basketball, not even a top six conference. You slip behind the mountain West. And so we have to seed you accordingly. And like, Luke's not going to say that even though he probably should, because he works for the, the network. And Jeff Cable is basically being like, why can't our guys just lie for us? Why, why can't and also like don't act like you're watching the Big Ten Network for three hours a night. Like don't act like you have enough information to compare and contrast the Big Ten and the ACC Network. Like stop it. But that was that was his spiel. I'd be funny if you brought the Pac-12. He's like the Pac-12 Network doesn't. Do I'm it. always watching the Pac-12 Network. But now we know you're lying. There's no way because Pac-12 Network doesn't exist. You ever heard him say a bad thing about somebody in the ACC Network? Which is probably true. They do kiss their own butts as much. But, I'm sure they do. Know. Oh yeah. But that's like it doesn't matter. Like. I don't know why coaches think this. I don't know why administrators think this. I don't know why some fans think this. I mean, we've talked about how fans will get mad at me and they're like, you're hurting recruiting with these tweets. I'm like, no, I'm not. Like, I, Nothing that I say, I, I wish I had that much power. The reality is nothing that I say, nothing that Trevor says, nothing that we tweet, nothing that we write. Speak for yourself. Man. Nothing that we do <laughs> has a like like anything more than a minimal impact on the program that we're discussing. It doesn't. It's not like if the ACC network were all sunshine and rainbows and they went on this this crusade to say Pitt should be a top five seed. It's not like that's going to come up in any of the discussions that the NCAA Tournament Selection Committee are going to have in a couple of weeks. They're not going to be like, you know, I was, I was listening to Luke Hancock and he really got me thinking. Like, it's, it's not the way it works. It's not going to happen that way. I, I just... Capel needs to like I, I don't, having network that says that says nothing but positive things will do nothing to alter the overall perception of the conference. It just it won't. People watch the games. People aren't that dumb. People all aren't do, as dumb as all they do is people go down on your network. Yeah, yeah, not in a good way. I would think so. I mean, I would, I yeah. would get if if I, all I'm hearing is obvious pandering to the respective fan bases. I'm not gonna watch that. I've got no need for that. Like I, I mean, I guess maybe some people would, but you have to take into account the people who are watching who are so into college sports, 
that they're watching these respective networks, these these individual networks. They're smart enough to know when people are just going to be lying to them. Like, like if you're watching the ACC network at 11:30 on a Tuesday to get their recaps of games, like you're you know the state of the conference, you know how it compares to the rest of of college basketball. And so if Luke Hancock or Jordan Cornett or whoever is out there and they're like, North Carolina is the best team in the country. I can't believe people are even talking about them being on the bubble. Like, you know, that's a lie. And you don't need to hear that. Like, you don't you, you're looking for analysis. You're looking for stuff that you don't know. When you started the uh, the this, this thing, I thought you were going to say Capable was just going to go play by the C Network, play nothing but like Duke, North Carolina, North Carolina State promos. Well, that is annoying. But I mean, it's, can, can, we get, can we get some love of outside the triangle of Raleigh? I mean, I mean, he probably. I mean, he's a you know, he's a Duke guy, and his brother's a Carolina guy, so they're probably okay with that. But he's whatever. coaching for Pitt, though. Yeah, that's. If that was the complaint, then it'd be a valid complaint. But that was the, to my knowledge, that was what was going on between Capel and and Luke. And I've got Luke's back there. I mean, you think at some point they'd show like the year of the Cardinal or something on just randomly. Yeah. Like, I mean, how how much do I really need to watch about Duke, North Carolina, NC State? Class of safe, Coach K. Texas has Brady Brom been named as UofL's official get-back coach, assuming he that he has matriculated at Trinity High School. I believe that Brady is spending his last... He's a senior. His last semester of high school is going to be... Is at Trinity. I think he's he's enrolled there right now. He's, okay. he's going through that. I don't know if he's been officially named the get-back coach. I think he's... I can't remember what title he has on his own Twitter account. It's something funny. <laughs> yeah, he, he's, he's involved in some way. It's like the dean of Louisville football or something. Like, they... The em- emperor of Louisville culture. It's something along those lines, which I enjoy. Brady is a, a character. Uh, let me see what it is right now. I, I don't know where it is. It doesn't have it on there anymore. You find his Twitter account? Yeah, it doesn't It doesn't have it on there anymore. I know that he's, I think he's going to room with our boy, Intern Patrick, next year at UofL. Oh, really? I believe they're going to. Patrick confirmed he's going to. I guess I figured that. I, think, I, don't, I don't know if it's set in stone, but I think they're the leader on Patrick's shortlist. They've surged ahead. Their recruiting is paying dividends. I don't I mean, know if it's gonna, NIL. We're going to need stories for Patrick, right? But yeah, we, he's got the inside track now. Yeah. I don't know if it's NIL. I don't know if it's, you know, what they're offering Patrick. But I think UofL has surged in front in his recruitment. At least we're winning one recruitment. We are. <laughs> Although yeah, Patrick in here a while. We need to get him. He's darn baseball. It's baseball. Baseball's ruining everything. I know. He better win state. <laughs> If he doesn't win state, none of this is worth it. It's 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 all just for not. We're the best job you ever had, Patrick. Yeah. Speaking of being in the lead, I bring this up sort of hesitantly because I don't know who this person is. There is a guy named David Evans who writes for a website called basketballinsiders.com. They seem to get decent traffic. I don't know what their reputation is, but he wrote today about Trenton Flowers. And Flowers, of course, is one of the top small forwards in the class of 2024, five-star kid, and very highly sought after. The initial word was he's a North Carolina lean, but Louisville's gone all out. They had him in here for Louisville Live. They had him in here for a big recruiting weekend a couple of weeks ago. The next day, they go to visit him in Charlotte to watch him play. <clears throat> he clearly is the guy. Excuse me one second. <clears throat> Thank you. He clearly I tried. Is, he's the guy in the tw- there's no way I need, we need like a sign that I can give you to hit the the cough button but I because I, I always have to announce it which defeats the purpose. Well, it also doesn't help when you're talking. I'm I'm distracted watching Sean Kemp highlights because he's trending on Twitter. Okay, well, that's fine. I just, <laughs> you, you, you continue doing that. <laughs> I miss Sean Kemp. 
Flowers is the guy that I think the U of L staff has circled in that 2024 class, and they said, you're number one. You're number one on our list. This guy, David Evans for Basketball Insider, says, I don't know where it's coming from, but he says Louisville appears to be the leader for Trenton Flowers. So this is... I'm sorry, correct me again. Didn't he didn't he, he verbally commit at least? What? Flowers. Didn't he didn't he he's not committed anywhere. Oh, I thought he had at least verbally big. No, he's a junior in high school. He's he's still he has said before that he wants to be an early commit. He he wants to commit somewhere in March or April. This would if that winds up being the case, you want to talk about starting the offseason on the right note. Because everyone wants to know. You know, the I mean, even right now, I think there's probably more attention focused on what Kenny Payne's going to do after the season than what he's going to do in these final three weeks. People want to know how is this going to be better next year. People want tangible evidence that things are going to be on the uptick. And that starts with recruiting. It starts with the transfer portal. It starts with recruiting. Let's say that, that Flowers wants to commit in late March. Louisville's been out of the – their season's been over for a few weeks. Hopefully they're already in on some top transfers. Maybe they've already got a commitment from one of these, these top transfers. You get this Trenton Flowers commit. Which is the type of player that we all thought Kenny Payne was going to be able to get from day one. This is why we. This is why you hire Kenny Payne, and all of a sudden, some of that positivity from that we had 13, 14 months ago, it starts to come back a little bit. It starts. You start to believe in Kenny Payne a little bit. That would be the perfect start to what will be a major spring and and summer for him. Again, I don't know if this David Evans guy knows what he's talking about. He is a. Well, you're saying some positive for us. I'll say yes. His bio is uh, experienced sports journalist with over 15 years in the field. I don't like that it doesn't attribute to where he worked, but he's a... He, 15 years in the field means he became a blogger back in 2000. Probably, yeah. That's, that's, yeah. <laughs> but even if you were a blogger back in the day, it's like you usually attach the networks that you wrote for. Yeah. He is a North Carolina guy, though. So he would probably know guys that know Flowers and know the, their recruitment. It does seem weird that Carolina seems to have fallen a little bit back in his recruitment. Maybe because they've already have so many players recruited from that 2024 class. And the last time there was a big update, it made it sound like it was, remember, they made it sound like it was Louisville and Alabama kind of out front. And the Nate Oates pitch, remember, was, you see what we've done with Brandon Miller? You can be Brandon Miller next year. That pitch feels a little bit different today than it did three weeks ago. Well, I mean, he's just saying, you know. Maybe it doesn't resonate quite as much. If you want to take a few extra shots mm, on, on or off the court, on. we're going to have you covered. Come on. <laughs> and then, by the way, he, uh, he clarified. You see, he had to release, like, a follow-up statement last night. What, what, what cliche, bad cliche did, not, did, did he use in this one that doesn't match? I, that's how you know you screwed something up. When it's been hours since you said something and you're like, they're like, You've, you need to say something else. You clearly botched this. I mean, I, I had the radio on when I was picking up the, the girls from school today, and it was on uh, Jim Rome came on. And he led with it. Like, he led with NATO's just absolutely. I think it was the lead thing on, like, Van Pelt Sports Center last night, too, as well. I'm sure it was. Yeah. He, he said last night, and we can end the hour with this. I thought it was important for me to clarify the unfortunate remarks that I made earlier. This entire time, I've tried to be thoughtful in my words relative to this tragic incident, and my statement came across poorly. We were informed by law enforcement of other student-athletes being in the vicinity, and law enforcement has repeatedly told us that no other student-athletes were suspects. They were witnesses only. Our understanding is that all of them have been truthful and cooperative. In no way did I intend to downplay the seriousness of of the situation or the tragedy of that night. My prayers continue to go out to Jamea Harris's family. 
I'm still trying to grasp how you can take a gun to a, a, a scene and it be used as well as you driving the way the drive-by shooter, and you're not charged in some way. I still, I, 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 I seriously it. want someone like an Alabama cop on this show to ask this. Question. I tell you what, we have, we have to go to break now because we're up against it. I can, I can tell you why because they, they've written stories about it now, and it's, it's basically it all comes down to Alabama law. We'll take oh, a, it's as backwards as everything else there, huh? Kind of. We'll, we'll take a break. We'll come back. We can talk. I've got a couple of Louisville basketball notes to get to. We can talk about this Rick Pitino story that came out via CBS. And we'll take more of your texts at 502-414-1450. It's the Mike Rutherford Show on a Wednesday here on 1450 and 96.1 The Big X. Just my I'm, I'm all about it. Like it feels like a good Temptations day. I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. Welcome in second hour here of the Mike Rutherford Show on 1450 and 96.1 The Big X. You know, I've never seen the biopic of the Temptations day. Well, it's got like Leon. In I it. did a long while ago. I think it was a TV movie, wasn't it? Technically? It was. It was like it was the same kind of. I felt it reminded me of the one that they did on the Jacksons. I don't think I've ever seen that one either. Oh, I've seen both of them. The Jacksons one was class. Now we're. The, were they on, were they on BT or were they on something else? I, can't I think remember. they were. On, I think they originally they were on something else. They, I remember they always used to air on VH1. They would always like that's show the replays on VH1. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. I, I mean, I should check that out. I remember it's got Leon in it. He plays Ruffin, I believe, doesn't he? I couldn't tell you. I can't remember either. I had to go back to see it. Yeah. I just thought to let out there. So before the break, we were talking about Brandon Miller, the whole situation with Alabama, the NATO's bungling the press conference yesterday, and people asking, you know, why couldn't he be charged with something? One of the I remember like two things from law school. That semester. Yes. <laughs> well, two semesters. I did all. You always act like I only did one semester. I did a full year. Yeah, I watched four episodes of Twenty One Jump Street last night. 
<laughs> I technically I could have been a two L if I wanted to. I finished my one L year. I was a, a full on one L graduate. But there are one of the, few, the very thing few things that I remember. You know, torts is is the class one of the, the law classes that you have okay. those semesters. Twerking. No tort T O R T. Oh. Okay. It's basically anything that like harms somebody else. Like torts are it's a wide net. A lot of most lawsuits are involve something that's tortious. Okay. And there are four elements to it. God, I hope I'm right about this. Well, I mean, I'm not questioning you, so go ahead. The first one is duty. You had a, a duty to act in a certain way, and you didn't act that way. Two, I guess that was the the breach of duty. You had a duty to act. Two is you breached that duty. Three is somebody was harmed. An injury occurred. From the duty. And then four, the, the, the actual breach of duty caused that injury. You had to have intent to do something. You acted. Boom, that person got hurt directly because of what you did. Okay, I feel like Miller falls into that category, but okay. Well, the issue is, according to the legal experts in Alabama, he didn't have intent. He well, just thought he was bringing him in a gun for— Somebody asked him to bring a gun. He brought it. You loaded as well. You can't prove beyond the shadow of a doubt that he purposefully brought that knowing that it was going to injure somebody. I mean, and you, may, you could sit back and say, well, like we said yesterday— you're not bringing a gun to somebody who's out in public and is asking for it urgently. If everything's going fine, if it's just like, hey, I forgot my gun. Can you please bring it? I feel a little, my pockets feel empty. Make without sure it's my loaded, gun. by the way. Yeah, one there, in the head. Make sure I know that there's at least one bullet in there. But uh, the... It sounds like the, the Robert R. Kelly's mom in the Cashmere skin all over again. The former, a former U.S. attorney said, based on what we know, the declination by the Tuscaloosa DA is correct and Miller should not be charged. It doesn't appear that evidence exists that Miller knew that transferring the firearm was for an unlawful purpose, <laughs> hindsight not, notwithstanding. It takes a lot to get put away. I, hindsight, I think somebody he's looking for is common sense. Therefore, no conspiracy or aiding and abetting would apply. It doesn't seem like there's a federal theory of prosecution either. So that's why Brandon Miller was not charged in all this. Hmm. Wow, that's a great way of twisting the words of the law to help the benefits of those that is South Park would say star athletes are treated better because they're just better people. Apparently. Gotta have intent. Gotta have intent. Didn't have intent. Just he's just bringing guns out there. Someone's asking him to bring a gun. He's bringing. The how, gun. How, okay. How does this work towards the fact he drove the guy away? I don't think he drove the guy away. He was was he when he driving the car when it was shot? He was no. He was just his car got shot. I don't. I think he was in the back. I don't think they drove away. Oh okay. They apparently missed the point of a drive by. <laughs> well, it wasn't a drive by. It was. A stand there. And Just a classic it. murder. Just a, a a classic murder. But it's classic. It's your old school style, right? It's a, it's a nasty situation down there. Like this is, and so they're playing tonight. Alabama has a game tonight, and both Brandon Miller and the Bradley kid, who were at the scene, and now we know about. Like they're Does playing. Does he play? Does he play a lot? I don't even recognize the name. He doesn't play that much. Okay. Now how's he still on the team then? Yeah. I mean, we know why Brandon's on the team is because he's good. If he was averaging four points a game, he'd be in jail right now. I and mean, Bradley, he so he. Uh, I just looked it up. He, he he starts. Okay, well that makes sense. Okay, yeah. He leads the team in assists. No, nah, okay. Yeah. And he's averaging 7.9 points per game. So yeah. not a so he's a he's a key contributor to one of the best teams in college. Which basketball. is why he's free. Yeah, and, and Darius Miles had was averaging 1.5 points per game. And why he's in jail? Well, for other reasons. As yeah, well. he. I don't think they they really had no choice with Darius Miles. He well, he's not play. the one that pulled the trigger though. Was the other one? No, but it? he's he's in, he's still in jail. Yeah. So he, but can he claim he didn't have intent that his friend was going to pull the trigger when they brought him the gun? No, because he asked for the, he asked for the gun. He 
But if he didn't pull the trigger, he could have just been thinking he was going to show the gun to his buddy. No, he gave the guy the the guy was basically like, "I'm going to shoot somebody. I need a gun." He's like, "I'm going to get my gun for you to shoot somebody." Here's that gun. He also apparently like pulled his girlfriend back and was like, "Watch out! There's about to be a shooting. Stand back." And so that's why. And so, but they assume Miller had no idea why he's bringing the gun. You think they just call him like, "Bring us this gun," but I'm, I can't tell well, you. Well, they why. get the text messages. So there's okay. the, when he says like, "I need you to bring my heat." Like he doesn't ask. With one in the head, which tells him one it loaded. <laughs> no, 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 that but that wasn't in the text. Oh, okay. Remember, that's what that's what Miles told the Davis kid who was shot and killed her. Like that was not a gotcha. text between Miller. Again, like it, that matters from the, the the legal standpoint. So you could claim as as Miller was able to that he didn't know what was going. He had no idea what was going to happen. When the gun was brought and the technology technology evidence that's out there, the text messages seems to back that up. But it is wild that I mean, Miller they're gonna play tonight and they're not gonna miss any time. And I am curious like how they play. Like thankfully for them, they play the worst team in the SEC. They're at South Carolina. I mean, what's what's what do you do if you're the crowd? I mean, you're a student. Say, I mean, how much crap do you? Yeah, how hard do you do you lean on this? Because it's a they only have two more road games, so it's at South Carolina tonight and a, at A and M. So they only have to do this really twice because they're not going to get it at home. And South Carolina student section can be kind of it can be a visceral place. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Like, I, yeah, how I mean, because it's it's clearly a situation where you want to make fun of Alabama, but it's it's also a situation where a woman died. It's not. You, know, you, you don't want to make light of it, but you also should bring up the fact that you know, this is a situation that seems to have been completely mismanaged by Nate Oates and company and does not exactly shed a positive light on the culture of the program. But that's a it's a situation that I don't trust college kids to handle delicately. Like, I, I don't know how you how you bring it up, but also don't just kind of mock instead of chant the name Brandon Killer instead of Brandon Miller. Well, that wouldn't no. I mean, he. Not sure if that's the the right way to go about it. I mean, is, is there really a right way to go about it? No, there's there's probably not. I that's, mean, other than just like a sign that says, "Hey, if you want to get away with crime, be a good basketball player in Alabama." A little wordy, but exactly. We get I mean, the it's point hard. across. It's yeah. hard. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to like not be wordy. That's what I'm saying. It's, I wonder if South Carolina's AD also puts out like a statement to the student section and says, you know, "Let's let's not make any reference to the." Incident that led to a young oh, woman dying. Oh, I'm sure that's not going to happen. They do that a lot. They, they, there are like. Oh, I'm sure they will. Up. I'm just saying it's just it not this sort of stuff. Yeah. But the other road game I said is at a and I mean, what are the overall kids going to do about this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, they'd probably want to dread those. No good. What? I mean, gun toting. <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to. Know. I don't think they do that for basketball. They don't act like that. Again. Oh, yes. <laughs> um. Anyways, Thornton sucks lines five zero two four one four fourteen fifty. I want to talk about this Rick Pitino thing in, during the, the the next segment. But you guys have a couple of other texts out there with with interesting topics. Again, it's weird Wednesday. We're it's a long week because I hated that we had the Monday game this week. I would have liked to have had the Monday show just to focus on how great Saturday was. And then, you know, we ease into a Wednesday game, get excited for that. Can we keep the momentum going? Instead, it was so short-lived. We had to talk a little bit on Monday about the Duke game. And then immediately yesterday, it's like, well, they lost by 17. So that it was I – mean, nobody wanted to talk about the game either. So that was – so <laughs> now we're sitting here with, with three days to get a little bit loose before we start talking about Josh Pastner again on Friday and get excited for a potential sweep for this team over an opponent this year. Uh, Texter says – Shout out to Coach Sat. He hired an OC six weeks before the start of spring practice. He's still killing all the intangibles. Remember, Trevor, 
We're going to work hard. Louisville fans have gotten so like, and, and I'm this way too. So I'm not, I'm not saying anything about other people. This is about me too. We're all like still so just point and laugh at Satterfield. Like, oh, yeah. like we, it is a bitter, like you'd have thought that like him, Charlie leaving for Texas is one thing. Petrino bolting in, you know, the, the middle of the night for the NFL is another thing. You would have kind of thought that like, I don't know, that it would have been a more amicable, amicable, amicable parting of ways between Satterfield and Louisville. But Louisville fans are, are, are just pissed. But, like, we have no reason to really be that pissed. It's we're not, not like, pissed that he left. We're just, we're just kind of – it's more like mocking our own rival. Kinda, he, yeah, but, like, I mean, we, we still are very much, like, in like we want him to fail. We want him to fall flat on his face. And, again, like, he he was not great here, but he also wasn't terrible. Like, like he you can say he inherited a program that went 2-10 and 10 one year, uh, the year before he arrived, and he – went to three bowl games in four years. It wasn't a complete failure. It wasn't what we hoped it would be in the the long term. And certainly there were some hiccups along the way off the field that probably caused part of this rift. But man, like like I mean, we were like, he can't keep assistance. He can't hire assistant. Twenty four seven sports is saying he's a, t- a terrible hire. Like we are, and I'm in this group too. Like I want him to fail. I, I and I, well, it I helps he's at Cincinnati. Exactly. I don't like anyway. Cincinnati yeah. either, which plays a large part in this. But it is, it's interesting to me the way that this is all played out. I just want to see the day he actually fires Brian Brown. It's not gonna happen. I mean, I just literally is he gonna like just is he gonna like give up his own job to not fire Brian Brown? I mean, what is this what does this guy have to do? I don't know. It's, I mean, he's gotta be realized he's the only assistant no one's poaching from you as well. There's gotta be a reason, right? Yeah, he had a good year last year. Texas, it looks like Titus sold out Tate for Barstool. I I knew that people were gonna want to talk about this. Was that was that where Titus and Tate went? Well, it's where Tyus went. So they broke up? They have broken up. Oh, no. And I think I, I hinted pretty obviously the last time we were talking about that that Tyus was going to go to, to Barstool. Ugh. And, I mean, for him it makes sense. Like, they... I, guess. I don't pay attention. I, I kind of ignore Barstool to. at all chances. He... I mean, I, we didn't, like, talk numbers, but he made it known when I talked to him the last time that, like, you know, Barstool kind of threw... An offer at him that was Too good large. Yeah, the, he basically was like, so he texted me last night out of nowhere. He just goes, "Mike, I, I signed on with a live tour." Like, like that was that was the way to be friends. He basically is like, I know how people are going to react to this, but it was good for him. I don't think I'm he like joined the journalistic live tour. Like, out of nowhere, I get a text. It's like, Mike, I joined the live tour. And I was like, Yeah, I, I know. I, I saw the, the official announcement, but I think for him, he didn't like California that much. He wanted. He's a Midwest guy. He wanted to be closer back to home. I think the idea of he's going. Apparently, I guess they're opening like a new headquarters in Chicago, and he's going to be a part of that. He's moving there in July, I think, is what he said. But when I initially talked to him like a month ago, the plan was for both him and and, and Tate to go, and like they were going to bring the show over, and they had. I mean, they had worked basically very hard to get Tate involved in this as well, and it's not my place to say what happened something a couple of weeks ago happened that made the move not i guess going to happen for for tate which or which sucks because i mean it's my favorite college basketball podcast it's one of the few podcasts that i still have make time to listen to anymore and they had a really good chemistry and a really good but tice is going to go to barstool he's going to do his own show it's the mark titus show and i think he's going to be college basketball centric during the season and they're going to branch out into other stuff but he'll be great there he's he's awesome um Made the move that he felt was best for him, but I do hate that they have they have broken up. It sucks because it was a it was a fun show to listen to. But 
So where 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 where, where did Tate go? I mean Tate. He's got his own production company. He's got it. You know, he just bought a house the last yeah, year in L.A. Since Wham broke up, I know. Like he's, which one's like is tied to George Michael and Tate Andrew? I guess, yeah. <laughs> uh, but Tate, he's I mean, he's bought a house in L.A. recently, so he's I think pot committed out there. He's got his own podcast company, his own production company. I'm sure he'll he'll be okay. But it does the whole situation kind of sucks. I think I think they'll both talk about it at some point, but it kind of blows. Texas says, what are the odds that Miller is called? And ejected for intent on a flagrant two tonight. No, they're not gonna. Referees aren't gonna do that to him. Yeah. They're not, they're, I mean, you may get some chirping from the players to him that may cause some interactions, but I mean, be careful about that though. Yeah. Texas, does Trevor realize that Brown had a great defense last year? No. Let it go. Struce that, but Brown led a great defense last year. No. The man is dead to me. I think you just yeah you you refuse. <laughs> He had his chances. They're gone. Uh, Texas brings up this this stat that Zach Greenwell threw out, I think, last night. In the last six games, Louisville has made 77 of its 88 free throw attempts. That's 87.5%. The Cards have shot 90% or better from the line in each of the last two games and 80% or better for the last six games both of which are program first since at least 1974. Min Land's shooting like 94%. He's shooting 94. Yeah, he like doesn't miss. I'm, they mentioned that during the game, and I was like, where have I been for that? I, I didn't even realize it. We may be historically bad at everything else. We are historically good at shooting free throws. The problem is of those what, 11 that we missed, a couple of them were in the wrong. Like the back, like I think Ellis missed the front end of two one-and-ones against Clemson, I think it was, in the, in the end of the game. Or was, I don't he, know, he did. We still won. Yeah, I mean, I, I know we did, but I, I, I mean, I brought this up earlier in the year when I mentioned free throw shooting. You're like, that's the one thing we do well. And I was yeah. like, I just always felt like though in the clutch moments is when we would always end up, we we've had some bad misses in clutch moments though. Not recently. Not recently, no. Except for like I said, that Clemson game, but we because L missed so. a couple of big ones in one of those first three games that we lost. I can't remember. I think I've repressed the memories of those games. Well, but yeah. one of those first three games we lost, I remember he missed a couple of big free throws in the last minute that would have really helped us win. Um, and you're right. He, he missed at least one front end of a one on one when we were kind of doing the whole like, are we actually going to do this thing? Collapse mm-hmm. against Clemson. And we held on. And I'm not by bashing L or anybody else. I'm He's just been a saying, great free throw shooter. Yeah, time. I mean, I'm just saying, just historically good bad <laughs> at shooting free throws. Hey, now we just need to get to the line more. We that, that's the other thing because we don't. We are. We stopped selling for so many three pointers. We are a top 100 team when it comes to shooting free throws. We are. Yeah, we're we're not terrible when it comes to free throws attempted per field goals attempted. We're 120th, so we get to the line a decent amount, just not as much as we'd like. To. We need the NBA refs out there to put us on the line for 30 times. We do. We still like that's the only thing on our our Ken Palm profile. Like everything is red besides like the two little green things are like free throws and free throws attempted. Like, okay. <laughs> I got attempted as a captain. <laughs> well, attempted per field goal, like basically the percentage of shots that you attempt that are from the free throw line. Um, so we 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 get there enough. Texas says we're great at free throws because nobody is tired from working hard on defense. <laughs> Can I bring up a legitimate concern while we're doing? I know we're trying to be positive here and we're having fun. One of my main concerns with moving forward and you know this notion that if we just get better players, we're going to be better. Like It's just kind of a crap. Our basic understanding of really simple defensive principles is horrendous. And I'm not telling you anything if you're listening to this that you don't know. Our like our knowledge of how to rebound, our knowledge of how to defend, 
I know that I'm not a I've coached basketball at a high level. I certainly have never coached an all-star team like like Trevor Kelsey has here. You have. But people will tell you I've been to college practices. I've I know college coaches who will say and like the one of the basic things that you do is if you if you do overextend, if you overhelp to prevent a straight line drive and you leave your man alone in the perimeter, you close out high hands. Everyone says high hands, high hands. For the first like we've gotten better at it as time has gone on. For the first like couple months of the season, we would just like run out at guys with our hands on the ground. Like we were never in defensive stance. We never contested shots with our hands up. We have no idea how to guard a high pick and roll. Our it, big men just leave the rim open constantly for wide open layups and dunks. In fairness, our hands are down, but our closets are so late it wouldn't have really mattered anyway. You're not wrong, but I'm just saying it would be nice to like know. It would be nice to like have the message relayed that we know what we're supposed <laughs> yeah. to do. We may be four feet away. I mean, and, and keep in mind, though, I guess you could say JJ closed out with his arms up, and he got block, he got the, you got the block out of it. JJ knows how to play defense. I mean, he's he's out of position well, sometimes, but he knows him. when he's one on one. Like he's he uses his length well, the way that you're supposed to. That those those lanky arms. He and Withers have a very bad tendency of watching the ball too much. They you're completely. But you right. know, honestly, it's funny we talk about one of the best defenders the Liverpool's had. Russ Smith had that same problem a lot too. He was a great one on one, but he would he would he would get he get caught in the back door a little too much. Well, he was so. feast or famine. Like he was gonna yeah. game he was gonna get you two or three steals a game and create points off of that. He may give up a couple of layups. He'd he, be all over you one on one, but like the yeah, good so. outweighed the bad. Like yeah. he was, but he he definitely did that. But with Withers and, and Trainer, the good has, has not been outweighing the bad no. until recently with Far JJ because he had four blocks against Clemson and I think a couple of blocks the game before. But the the lack of a fundamental understanding of how to play defense. And the fact that it hasn't improved that much, like we've been playing better offensively in recent weeks, the defense has still been more or less dreadful. I think we can all admit that. Like you and I talked on on Monday's show about Clemson was four of twenty four from three. They missed a lot of wide open looks. Oh yeah, of those twenty misses, that's these probably thirteen of them are open. And so that if you're asking like, well, why are you still concerned with Kenny? We're getting better. If we get if we get players, if we get this new culture installed, if we get some rid of some of the bad apples, we should be okay. The fact that we have been like this inept defensively and really haven't improved that all, all that much is very concerning to me. It, it's scary. We're 287th in adjusted defensive efficiency. This is a program that before last year, I think it had not finished outside the top 60 in adjusted defensive efficiency since like 2006. We're 287th. That is woeful. And it's, not gotten a whole lot like the defensive side has not gotten better as the season has gone on don't they keep stats of like what's considered like a good look good shot or a bad? there's a shot tracker and like every single time that we win a game they did the same with clemson they're like if you played this game nine times clemson wins seven times based on the shots taken but i'm just saying yeah i'm wondering like what what percentage of shots do we give up are considered a you know, quote-unquote good shots like i mean we've got to be leading the nation and giving those up we probably do i don't have a synergy account anymore those, those synergy accounts cost like, that it was i didn't know they cost like ten thousand dollars and like we used to have one for work, and it was great using those numbers. I don't have it anymore. But you're right. I mean, if they do track that, we give up a lot of uncontested shots. Oh, yeah. And we don't make up for it by being a great rim-protecting defense. Like, we're not—it's not like by design. We're just, we're just giving up wide-open layups and wide-open threes because we're not good at playing defense, and we don't know how to get better. And that is my primary point of emphasis moving forward and my primary concern. I mean, Kenny Payne was asked about the defense. We thought we were so bad defensively last year. It was so bad that we were like, this could never happen again. We were 114th in adjusted defensive efficiency. And we and Payne was like, I want to get back to having championship-level defense. That's how you have to win games. That's how we. That's going to be the, the basis of our team. And we have been, I mean, unbelievably bad on that side of the ball this year. So bad that you're like, 
can getting elite players really change it that much to where we can go from 286 to like a top 50 defensive team, not just next year, but two years from now? Like, I, I, I mean, let's look at it this way though. It took it took about three and a half months to get the offense clicking. So I'm saying around you know early January next year we should have the defense clicking. I would take it at this point. <laughs> if it and, luck, and luckily we, we we since we got the offense going. We should be offensively good enough to at least now outscore and it be from our talent level being better against our, you know, our Bellarmines and so on and so forth next year. If it guaranteed that we were going to get better at defense at some point, I would sign up for that because I, we just, we stare at a high pick and roll like we've never seen one before. And that's been consistent for four months. Like we don't know, we have no basic defensive, like cemented defensive philosophy. You know, you could say what you will about what the the way that Max teams play defense, but we you knew what they were going to do. Like they were going to stick to this, this the Mac line defense. They were going to hard hedge the high pick and roll. You know, Malik Williams was going to overextend and then try to get back. And sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't work. But like you, you you had a clear sense of what their defensive philosophy was. We are almost done with the the first full season. I've got no idea what Kenny Payne's defensive philosophy is. We defend the the pick and roll. Five different t- ways in five different possessions. We get lost. <laughs> what we what we do is we'll hedge, and they'll be like, "Okay, they're going to do that." So now we won't go underneath the screen. The, the, the Dolphins just basically is is making us chase the ball. There's no communication. We just like like guys will switch, and they'll kind of like yell at each other, like who to guard. Like we when we when we do throw the zone out there, it's like we just threw it in during walkthrough. Guys are com- always out of posi- posi- uh, possession position. Position. God, I can't talk. Um, especially when we try to do the little one three one thing, it never works that well. We just I, I don't know what what Kenny Payne's defensive philosophy is. And that's troubling when you're saying that on February twenty second. I don't care what his players are, I don't care what the talent level is, I don't care if they haven't gotten it. You should at least know what he's trying to do defensively, and I still am confused because we don't do really anything. I think well. he wants to be man to man, but I of mean, course but obviously like, mo- at least at least I mean he's shown moments where he has to He's, he's switched up, which at least I give him credit for at least not being stubborn on the man-to-man guy. He's tried different things. But again, like, how do you want to defend the high pick and roll? Do you want to be a team that switches everything? Do you want to be a team that tries to fight over screens? Do you want to be a team that wants to ice screens? Do, do you, like... It's ironic we don't haven't done any of those three things. We don't do... Like, I, I just... I don't know. Like, like, and it's not... It should be clear watching a team play for, like, three weeks what that is. It hasn't been clear watching this team play for three months. And to me, that's concerning. Because even if we get better players in here, how do if they don't have a basic defensive philosophy that works, and if they don't understand basic defensive principles, we're not going to win. We're not, not going to be NCAA tournament good. Well, thankfully, the one thing they teach in high school and A unit is defense. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> come on, board trend. Uh, second break. Pick up that sarcasm. Lay it on pretty thick. <laughs> when we come back, we'll take some more text from you guys at 502-414-1450, and we'll talk about this new CBS story on Rick Pitino and what his future holds. It's the Mike Rutherford Show. Keep it locked right here on 
Just now, the Brandon Miller. Say what? It's like a dark temptation. Oh, it is for sure. (laughs) I'm seeing just now that Brandon Miller, speaking of dark, has released a statement, or his attorney has released a statement about the awful situation uh, involving the the murder of a young lady back in January. As one of the attorneys for Brandon Miller, I want to provide additional facts. I'm not reading this whole thing. Brandon (laughs) did not go inside the nightclub. He instead went into a restaurant to eat at approximately midnight. Mr. Miles began asking Brandon to come pick him up so they could leave and go to another location and join friends. Brandon advised that he would be along later, and approximately one hour later, Brandon began to leave the restaurant to pick up Mr. Miles, but first he had another companion to give a ride home, blah, 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 blah. Uh, He brought Miles' legal handgun and left it in the backseat of Brandon's vehicle. Brandon never saw the handgun nor handled it. Hmm. Wait a minute, so how did he bring it if he never saw it or handled it? He didn't. Mr. Miles brought his legal handgun and left it in the backseat of Brandon's car. Brandon never saw the handgun nor handled it. So I guess they're going against what the testimony was from yesterday. They're, they're straight up saying that this was... These so they're lies. saying so, so somebody lied on the stand. Is it? That's what they're saying. Hmm. Hmm. Brandon did not block the Jeep, Jeep driven by Mr. Johnson. Uh, in fact, he'd already parked. Brandon uh, arrived to pick up Mr. Miles, never got out of the vehicle, never interacted with anyone in Mr. Harris's party, was never involved in a verbal altercation with the person, never touched the gun, was not involved in any exchanges in any way, and never knew that any illegal activity involving the gun would occur. Okay. Who are you more likely to believe, the person on the stand or the attorney of somebody giving a statement? Oh, the person on the stand, always. always. Yeah. <laughs> not saying that, not saying that, that this is a lie. I'm just saying more, I, I feel more like inclined the, to believe the person. I feel like the truth is somewhere in between both these stories, maybe. Brandon has submitted to multiple interviews to assist law enforcement in further understanding the situation, has volunteered to have his phone contents extracted as well. Uh, this is all on vid- video. There's no dispute about Brandon's activities during this evening. There you go. Oh, well, I guess it's, it's all good. Well, then Brandon's a free man. Well, he's a free man anyway. They're planning regardless. <laughs> I, think if they, if they, I think if they'd released a statement saying, like, yeah, he did it, he brought it, they'd probably still plan tonight anyway. They don't, they don't care. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, he loaded it for him, handed it to him, pointed out the guy. I mean, yeah. But wait, uh, Louisville Baseball over well, there. Yeah, baby, just let him sit for two games. Yeah, Louisville Baseball over there at Jim Patterson Stadium. You can hear all the action on 970 WGTK, our sister station. Uh, Louisville trailing Xavier right now, eight to five. Ooh, they scored again in the seventh inning. They scored a lot more. Uh, Xavier just hit a solo home run in the seventh inning. Dan McDonald has made a pitching change. Alex Galvin coming into the game. Cards are going to have three more at bats to try and win this thing and avoid taking their first loss of the season against the Xavier team that's zero and four coming in today. But midweek games. They're usually decent at baseball though. Are they? I always thought they were. 
last the last time I had was we were down six five. That's why I was kind of blown away when you said that. Yeah, eight five right now, over there on nine seventy W G T K and at Jim Patterson Stadium. All right, Thornton's text line is 502-414-1450. We'll get to this uh, this Rick Pitino story in just a second, but you guys had thoughts on us talking the most recent point about the defensive woes of this team and, and how oh. that kind of concerns us moving forward. Texter says, why doesn't KP coach these guys to take all of their shots from the free, th- from the free throw line? <laughs> well, Lance is trying to. He's doing well. He, I mean, that's, that's his thing. It's his thing is he, he's, he's grasped the entire head fake, get in the lane, take the shot, which... I begged him to do for like the first months of the season, but yeah, he's he's so he he knows what he's doing. We are incredible at shooting free throws right now. Unfortunately, his mid-range shot is not as accurate as his free throw. It always looks good too. Like I, I never hate him taking those shots. Yeah, it always I'm always like hey, he's gonna bury this one, and he hit a big one late in the game against Clemson on Saturday. But he has been yeah, it just has not gone down for him this year more times than not. Texas, the craziest part about the defense is that our zone defense is 10 times worse. <laughs> the zone, like I said, it, it does, it gives you this feel, and I know this isn't the case, but it does give you the feel of like they just threw it at the team in, in pregame walkthrough. Like, like, hey, here's where you're going to stand. 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 Guard. And that's how we coach defense. Well, it's, it's usually whoever's playing center is what's going to kill us because that you could just. Anytime they put us in special in the zone, whether it's the Curry. They float around like a free safety. You kind of stay in this area. This is what you're supposed to do. Where, why is Sidney Curry guarding the guy on the three-point line on the corner? What bothers me is it'll be like Curry will be standing there, and you'll see the other guy like from the corner, like just not even like being subtle about it. He's just walking under towards the rim, and nobody Curry's just standing there just like not even paying, turning around. There the is a look of shock on the opposing big man's face as he slowly saunters towards the basket with nobody there to stop him and nobody going with him, where he's just he's got his arms open. He almost is like this has got to be some sort of trick. And you saw Duke kill us with that the high post, you know, big on big, because every time they get they catch a high post, for some reason we'd have three guys just attract to him like it's and, and not pay attention to like oh women, a seven foot white dude just sneak into the big sneak into the rim. It's like who if saw you were, him coming? It's like if you were at a jewelry store. And they let you look at this $10,000 watch, and you were just kind of walking around with it, seeing it. You were walking towards a mirror. And then you noticed that the door was wide open, and there was just nobody around. And you're like, well, I wasn't planning on doing this, but if they're just going to let me walk out with this, then maybe. That's how it looks like when opposing big men just slowly walk towards the basket with nobody in their general area. Yeah. They're like, are you really just going to let me do it? And then we give up so many wide open layups and dunks, and it's Half the time, it's because our big guys just don't know where to be. And especially in that zone, like it's not a – the big man, it's not a loose description of where you're supposed to be. You're supposed to be about there. It's not like you know when you get older in soccer and you're like, oh, I'm allowed to go this way. I can No, not when you're the goalie. You stay back there. Stay around the rim. Stop doing this. I don't know how – these guys have played. It's not just this year. These guys have played basketball their whole lives. How do you? How do they not have any general idea of this? They don't play defense in the lower levels anymore. Yeah, there you go. Or in the upper level in the NBA, especially. So why? Why should call? Why should college kids on defense when they they're trying to go to the NBA where they don't even want to play defense? It took way longer today than usual for you to get like an old man rant out there. <laughs> <laughs> it's 4:40. That's usually like a 3:15 deal. I saw yesterday trending no NBA and it was like the NBA. Yeah. Uh, Still out till Thursday. I was like, it has been? <laughs> like, I didn't even know. Did you know the All-Star weekend was this weekend? Yeah, Donovan Mitchell scored 40 points in the All-Star game. 
and was like, mic'd as, up. As, 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 a, as, a, as an all-star event fallen so far from grace than the NBA one. Did you not watch Mac McClung? I didn't even know Mac. They're I, talking about him saving the dunk contest. Is that what they were talking about? Yeah. He was incredible. Basically because, like, white guy can jump high? Oh, my God. We got to see this. You know, you know, a white guy has won the dunk contest before. There, he was. He was really impressive. It was, it was entertaining. I'll give him that. Um, I'll take your word for it. Dunk, con- dunk, dunk contest hasn't been worth watching in like thirty years. He's not anyway. even in the NBA. Like he's a G League player. I know. <laughs> Damian Lillard won, won the uh, three point contest. Who did? Lillard. Oh, yeah. okay. I mean, I don't care. No, who cares? It's uh, again, maybe baseball is fun, but like the NBA All Star Weekend used to be fun. Now it's just like, who gives a bleep? Well, you just don't, you don't like the NBA, period. Well, NBA sucks. Yeah, well. <laughs> says, the defensive fundamentals are atrocious. That is almost exclusively a coaching thing. Talent often leans heavily on the offensive side. I, I, I would agree with that. I, I think you can you can coach defense. You can coach offense to an extent. But you can also get away with not coaching offense to an extent when you've got ridiculously talented players. Defense is... It's effort, but it's also system. It's also about desire. And you have to be – I mean, there's a reason why the best coaches in college basketball almost always have the best defensive teams year out, regardless of talent. I mean, it's effort and concentration. I mean, think about how many – like, when we were bad under Patino, we still were always really good defensively. We had teams that, that had no business being as good as they were because they – I mean, that 2015 team went through stretches where they could not make a shot to yeah. save their lives. And we still wound up going to the Elite Eight and being a top-four seed – because we were the number three t- defensive team in the country, like I we just we defense. always defended, and this team just never defends. Texture says, "Is the Super Six recruiting class the biggest recruiting bust in Louisville basketball history?" Oh, I don't know about that. What about the one with Far? Allow and... me to say, I never called them the Super Six. I thought it was very silly. I thought it was dumb. I was excited about the class and that, that Mac was able to land them under the shadow and dark cloud of of the NCAA investigation but i i never was i thought that whole thing was overblown i'm surprised samuel williamson was not better i'm surprised that he's still i mean he's he's the seventh man on a bad smu team right now <laughs> No, that's not good it's not great um i, I mean aiden Gahan is an all-time bust he's averaging two points at grand canyon right now he can barely get on the floor for a grand canyon team that's like nine and six in the whack josh nickelberry is you know not not great at LaSalle. He's a role player. He, well, he's, 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 I think there's like second leading scorer. Well, but they, LaSalle, LaSalle he's better, but I mean, like, if yeah. you were going to be like what you expected at Louisville, he's a role player. He, he's just, he's not that good. Yeah. Um, Quinn was fine. He was, he, I mean, he was a hard guy anyway. He was not a top 150 recruit. He Plus, it's done hard. He went to play for Patino. That helps a little bit. Yeah. Withers was a guy that I think we thought would we'd get more out of long term. And I can't even remember the sixth one. I'm forgetting somebody. And we still got Withers. I know, yeah. I'm forgetting somebody <laughs> from that group, but it was a the class certainly did not did not translate. Did not do. I mean, the only one I can think of, but I don't think it was that bad, was the, like the Samardo Samuels Terrence Jennings class. I mean, that underachieved. Underachieved, but still, Samardo was it like was still, it wasn't as yeah, it didn't He's an all conference player. He just wasn't yeah. as good as like his who's, number one. Who's ranking. the third member of that class? Was that Swapshire? I want to say it was Swapshire Jennings and Samuels, maybe. Swap would have been. In that general, I think I think you might be right. Because it was like a three-man. Because I remember like the, all the graphics of like the three of them above the city limits. Oh, I, I forgot David Johnson by the way is the the sixth member of that class. Oh, that's so turned out the best. I would yeah. say. I mean, he's NBA guy now, or two-way contract guy, and he I mean, David Johnson is one of those guys too. If the first year 
if we don't get derailed by all the COVID pauses and not making the NCAA tournament, would have liked to have seen what he could have done. And also, he kind of, as good as Carly Jones was, having Carly on that team and being option A, B, and C really hurt David, I think. He just, he couldn't play. When you have a score first point guard, it took away what Johnson was able, because he's not a natural two. And it took away what he was able no, to do so effectively. John, Johnson was most effective when you got him with uh, with Malik, and you could do a pick and roll with him. He he was there was very few as good when those two were, were able to use the pick and roll together. Louisville was at best offensively, and he also would have been great in a, a team that wanted to get out and run, and we didn't want to. Yeah. Like, like Mac wanted to last year or two years ago, play kind of stall ball. Like we wanted to win with the pack line defense, and we didn't want to run. And we want because we were so thin, we didn't have a lot of great depth. He wanted to make sure that we were conserving energy and we would get into the half court and run our stuff and that wasn't none of it played well to david's game and, and david could i mean the, the first half that he played against duke in his freshman season was so and every now and then he made plays where you're like we don't have anybody else that can do this and we never really got a chance to see him fully become a, a college star texas Kyle kirk was also in that smarto class okay well he was he was not on the top of the list so i mean no, he, you forget he was a scholarship player though. He was. I think people have misremembered that he was like he was a, came here as a walk on. No, he he came here as a scholarship guy. His dad will let you know if you ever try to make that mistake. <laughs> <laughs> no, judging from experience, Texas says it's because KP is the big man whisperer. They can't hear what he's saying when he's telling them about positioning. Hey, he's whispering too quietly. Speak up, KP. Maybe we need to be the big man yeller. <laughs> start start shouting at these guys. Texas hot take defense is better in the NBA now than it used to be. Hard fouls doesn't mean good defense. A lot of people say this that cover the game. They say the defense that people play. I, I think defense you're confusing hot take with bad take. <laughs> it's he's not alone. I see it a lot. People will say like now like it's so overblown. Watch the way they play, and then they'll show clips from like the 80s where dudes are just like letting people go by, not doing anything. I mean, if you're watching a Doug Moe and our Don Nelson game, and yeah. Texas, please show Trevor the Aaron Gordon Zach Levine dunk contest. It's the best oh, of all I've time. Seen it. it was oh, so good. Lord, it wasn't the best of all. Are time. you kidding me? It was all right. All right. It was incredible. Uh, I don't think don't we have different definitions of what's incredible. Yeah, I've got the normal one. Like when people no. do stuff that's never been done before. I think it's pretty incredible. I mean, imagine showing Aaron Gordon the '80s. People would have lost their mind. People would have collapsed and died if Aaron Gordon had done the stuff that he did in the 2000s and the 19 and like 1981. Well, they'd never done contest in 81. If he had. Hell, if he'd done it in 1988. First dunk contest was 83 in Denver. People would have had gone into cardiac arrest all over the place. No, so Griffith came in third, I believe. Well, Zach Levine would have won. Aaron Gordon would have won. It was incredible. Texas says, uh, who's the greatest white basketball player in the history of Georgetown? Is it Mac McClung or Paul Tagliabue? <laughs> Paul Tagliabue played basketball at Georgetown. Great question. Uh, it's probably Mac McClung was not that great. No, um, no, he was, but wait, didn't he? Didn't he leave after like a year? He was Texas Tech. Yeah, I was gonna say he's he fine. Was, yeah. He was, he was not. He was, he was good. He wasn't great. Texas, if, if David Johnson stays in another year, does Max survive until the end of the season last year? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I'd, probably not because I mean the, the, the end of the. Are you talking about like going into his last season? No, like last year. If, if David Johnson's a junior on that team. Does Max survive the season? Does he make it to the end of the year? I don't know because he was the, the whole the whole rift between him and the university started with the assistant coach stuff. I I mean the team would be would have been better with him last year. I'm with you. I don't think it saved his job. Yeah, I mean we were still we him coming back. We still didn't make the tournament the year before, and that's what like kind of led to everything going downhill, right? I mean, yeah. 
Terrence, the NBA All-Star game has become absurdly stupid. They don't even pretend to play defense. Well, yeah, the All-Star game. Well, they don't try to play defense in the league play either. And the hero-worshipping, I disagree with you there. Hero-worshipping pre- and halftime stuff is beyond weird and lame. I watched about 20 minutes because it was like watching a train wreck. Unbelievably stupid. The All-Star game sucks to watch. I had no idea. That, I, I would, I'm would. i willing to bet you also the ratings have probably are way down from what they've been over in history. I, I didn't even know what was going on this week. Where was, Where are they at anyway? Hmm? Where were they at? Where was the All-Star game this week? Hmm. Probably Vegas, and it always in Vegas now. I don't know. I mean, I don't know where they move it to. I remember back in the day, I could tell you where they were when it was actually worth watching. Well, you I mean you? It's you with <laughs> like every sport. You know, like you know, like everything about the sports in like 1994, and then you lost. No, he's talking about I was to watch college basketball, to watch the NFL, to watch baseball. Yeah. Texas, did you comment on Titus? Yeah, selling Tate out. Uh, I missed some of the show the last couple segments. Can we now? Can we now confirm and go with there is now beef between Titus and Tate? No. Now is he going? I guess is he, is he doing like the national barstool thing, right? Don't they do like don't they have like a barstool whatever for every school in America? That's those are just Twitter accounts. Okay, those aren't like actually people affiliated with barstool then. I yeah, I don't think they are. I don't know. So can they, I just can I make a bar can I make a Twitter account that says barstool Trevor? And... Sure, there's like a there's like a barstool like Northern Kentucky. There's yeah, like, I was gonna say like that's barstool what I mean, yeah. Harlan County. I think you can do whatever you want. Harlan County. There, I mean, if there's like some weird like barstool Pikeville College. Um, <laughs> Barstool Big X. But he'll be featured. <laughs> he'll definitely be featured prominently. Like, he'll be. He's got his own show. I'm sure he'll be on the other shows that they do. I don't really know. Like, like I'm like, yeah, I don't I don't follow. I've never I've never followed Barstool. I don't know how it really works. I know a lot. I just I read the reaction to some people talking about him leaving. And they were talking about how their, their college content is not great. And I know Bobby Regan real well. We used to do a podcast together. I know he does some college basketball stuff. stuff with, he comes on KFC all the time. Does he? Yeah. He, he's a good guy, but I guess they have one college basketball podcast, and apparently it's not good. So oh, this yeah. was clearly an open market for, for Tyson to sweep into. I also know that they tried really hard to get Tyson Tate three years ago at the last time their contract ran out, and they ended up uh, going to Fox. Regan's so, kind, of a, kind of a UK butt slapper. Oh, yeah, he is. I mean, admittedly so. Which I'm fine with if you know what you, you want to admit it. Yeah, that's fine. I'm not. Yeah, I don't think he's denying it. Actually, yeah. But the the Tate situation again. I, I'll say the same thing that I said the last time we talked about this. I I'll leave it for them. I think they're both going to talk about it. I know that they were. All I can say is there was an original plan for both of them to go. Something happened a couple of weeks ago that threw a wrench in that plan. I don't think that there's any. I know there's no animosity on Mark's end, but I'm sure they'll they'll talk about it. Texas, better question: Does Mac survive without the staff overhaul? I think he does. I kind of think he does too. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess we can't. I mean, we'll never know. But do you want? I mean, I guess you could boil that down further into: Does he survive without yet being asked to fire anybody? Yeah, I mean, I, I, then you you don't have the FBI stuff. You don't, which is the distraction through the whole offseason. You don't have the feeling that he had. We now know. I mean, I think he's he's basically admitted this. That he wasn't being supported by the university. There's no suspension. There's no any of that stuff. I mean, I think if he, if you want to simplify it even further, if Louisville makes it into the 2021 NCAA tournament as the last team in the field, they were the first team out. Let's say they make it in as the last team in. Yeah. Like Georgetown loses the Big East title game. They don't knock us out. I think he's still the coach right now. I would be probably agree to that. Yeah. Because there wouldn't be as much pressure on him, especially if we'd like gone in there and did what UCLA did, not necessarily even make a Final Four, but just win a game or two. Yeah. People would be like. Okay, and then we'd be out from this NCAA cloud. We'd see how he'd recruit. People would have been they would have been pissed off about the season last year going the way that it went, but he'd still not enough to I think fire him. I mean, like I said, I don't think we're, we're as bad as we are last year. If he 
I mean, he doesn't have the distraction. You said the distrust that, that's formed over the offseason with the whole assistant coach stuff. For sure. You know, he's not, we're not, you know, going back and forth, but who's running practices and who's coaching games between him and Pagese. The players don't know. You've got a whole new team in there to begin with, so you got that whole thing. Malik kind of being mad at the world, I mean, wasn't a great situation, but I mean, I just, yeah, I, yeah, I'd be, I think, I mean, this team, it'd have been interesting. Who knows? He very it's a clearly, butterfly effect. I would kind of like to see how it happens. Same, plays same. Out. I, I think you could tell even before the season started that his like his heart kind of wasn't in it anymore. No. Like I think that he, when he really he saw the writing on the wall. He was like, if they're going to try to fire me for this, like they're going to try to fire me for anything. Like they, I don't feel like I'm supported here. I feel like I'm being unfairly criticized. I feel like I'm not being given enough credit for the season that got taken away from me in 2020. And I think he would be. I'm not saying we'd be great or that we'd be in a better place i think i mean who's to say that we would be maybe we're in the midst of like an 8 and 22 season right now and he's either already been fired in the middle of the year or everybody knows he's going to get fired after this year but i do think that he would be the head coach if we'd made the tournament not or just not had to get rid of any of these systems or on the other hand he has a successful year last year with that new bunch and it is even great better to transfer portal this year and we've got tyrese hunter and 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 several other players on our roster this year and we're we're looking at a, at a top 15 team we'll never know he did well in the transfer portal before. Exactly, I know. Texas, the All-Star game was in Utah, hence the Carl Malone shout-outs, and it had the worst ratings of all time. <laughs> well. <laughs> I did see that Carl Malone was on. He was like one of the slam dunk judges. And people so, hate Carl Malone. So was Harold Miner, and it was like, oh, Carl Malone reunited with a Miner. Oh, I did yeah. see yeah. that, like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I was wondering what that was about. Yeah. Well, I saw Carl Malone trending, and it was I, I, the, one of the first things I saw was was throwback to his, uh, his anti-magic stance back in 92. Oh yeah. Which I mean, I mean, I really can't blame the guy. He, I mean, he, I'd been a little nervous too. I mean, but still, yeah. It, uh, but then I saw the highlights of the Magic game, which was in Orlando, and yada yada. So I didn't. I, I was wondering why he, yeah, he was trending. But I mean, it's like, and then Donovan goes in there and plays well. A little, 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 little middle finger to the forty points. It's not like the wind's blowing in here. I know. I like it. it feels good. I'm sure your window's not open. Yeah, I'm okay. We got a little chilly for a second. Texas, speaking of Tate Frazier, remember a couple weeks ago when Trevor confused him with Andrew Tate? <laughs> kind of. <laughs> Whatever. You were talking about uh, Flowers earlier, and I thought, you were, I thought you were originally talking about the, the football. You thought I was talking about TJ Kaper. Yeah, I was like, too many T's in here. Yeah, you're like, didn't he already commit? That's I was, like, that's I was like, no, he hasn't committed anywhere. That's why I asked you that. And you were so shocked, but that's why I was thinking. You were well, I was trying to be like, I was like, no, he's, he's a high school junior. He's He's very good. I was like, is he one of our top recruits next year? Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> Recruiting's not your it. focus. Oh, no. It's hard to get all the names straight sometimes. Texas, Mac may still be around, but I thought it was quietly well known that he was only in it for about seven years. I know that was a rumor. I know that he – like, Mac was definitely a guy, and you're seeing it now. Like, he is – has not been desperate to get back into coaching. He's making ten million dollars sitting at home. Yeah, I mean, I don't really. Blame would you him. get into coaching? Would you want to be that desperate to? I mean, he, I mean, yeah, I, there was talk that maybe he would. He was not going to be a lifer at Louisville. That he kind of wanted to take time off at some point, but who knows? I mean, Rick Pitino told us like fifty times that he was going to be like, I'm not going to coach past 2012. I'm not going to coach past 2015. And you know, he just every time something went well. It, Raised his spirits, I think made him fall back in love with the place and, and all that stuff. Maybe the same thing would have happened with Mac. Just no way to know. Texas, I think that Mac's recruiting would have caught up with him. It might have. We didn't, I mean, look, you can say what you will about that, the, the, the so-called Super 6 class. 
the recruiting rankings were high. Like he got players that were highly touted. They just ended up none of them ended up being good. And also, if you, if you don't if you don't force your coaching staff out replacing them with with a new scheme, next last year's team could make completely looking different anyway. I mean, that team was recruited to match the the New Zealand guy's scheme, right? Well, no, and that was part of the problem. Oh, I thought it was that was one of the reasons they went and got Locke and guys that thought were going to be shooters. Well, that, just Locke, like. They recruited. It was a very poorly formed roster. Like they went out and got yeah. a hodgepodge of, of good pieces, and none of them fit. And then you know, Mac got thrust in a situation where he was like, had to. You know, they were like, you need massive changes. You missed the tournament. Got to fire guys. Total offensive philosophy restructure, and he ends up somehow getting Ross McMains. And it look the whole thing wound up being a disaster. Just, yeah. They had. I mean, those players. Some of those players were good, and we're seeing them. I mean, Locke is producing at Providence right now. Who's chasing down another Biggie's title. Uh, we're seeing, you know, Jared West was a fine player. I don't think he was he was great, but he was a, a player who scored a lot of points at Marshall. Just the team didn't fit together at all. And that's our boy doing up there with uh, Frank Martin. Uh, Matt Cross putting up good numbers, big numbers. He's UMass, still alive, which is obviously a plus. He's putting up solid numbers. He hasn't been kicked, been kicked off the team yet. Not dead. Uh, UMass sucks though, so that's. Oh well. Yeah. What is their record now? The last I looked, they were really bad. They were struggling. Um. Frank Martin's a good coach. He'll get them turned around. But they are, right now they're 14 and 13 and 5 and 10 overall. That's not great. And in A10, that's not terrific. But Matt Cross is the team's second leading scorer and their leading rebounder. So still not shooting great from three. 35. Well, it's not bad. 35.3%. All right, let's take our last break. When we or not our last break, our, our last break of the hour. We'll come back. Hour number three is on the way. I promise we'll get to this Rick Patino story. I know I teased it last segment. We didn't get there. More of your text as well on another weird Wednesday here at 502-414-1450. Keep it locked here on 1450 The Big X. We haven't played this game. I mean, would you be willing to bet this is the most famous Temptations song? 
Oh, oh yeah, Spotify. We game. do Spotify. This would be the most played. Ooh. I think it's got. I think it's got to be my girl. Oh, man, it's yeah. I was gonna say yeah. I'm gonna go my girl. Temptations, my girl. Yeah. By a wide margin, 692 plus million plays. What do you think was number two? Um, I was gonna say. You've played the ain't top. Ain't too proud to beg. You've played the top four. Ain't too proud to beg is number two. Yeah, ain't too proud to beg number number three. Um, just my imagination. Papa was Rolling Stone. Ah. Just my imagination four. It's very close between two and three. Little distance to, to just my imagination. I don't know what you have in the barrel for for number six, but what do, you, to, what do you think number five would be? Um. So all five songs I've already. Wait a minute. All the five I played are all are the top five on Spotify. The top five that you've played are in the top four. Okay, so I'm missing one. I wonder if this is the last song I have, which is Get Ready. Get Ready is number five. That's what's coming up in the last segment. <laughs> dun, 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 So wait a minute, what did I play that didn't make the didn't make the list then? Was well, that... you've only played you've only played you only play five oh, songs because we don't you. do the, oh that's what that's what ended the first segment. That's right. We I forget we do a song. Yeah, I can't segment. get next to you. That's well, that's why I got the the, the only half song played is because yeah. that's the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> Not a bad song though. Step it up. I mean, when you say my girl, do you say do you say people still think Temptations or do they think the movie? This is a very nineties question. I mean, are, maybe in the nineties they think more of the movie. I think now they probably think more Temptations. I mean, I wonder if yeah, kids today even know you know it was a movie. Probably not. Macaulay Culkin's not exactly a hot name in the streets these days. Not like he was in ninety five. Well, I don't think anybody in that movie other than me, Dan Aykroyd was a hot name in that movie. I mean, do you remember what that the girl who was? No. I still Macaulay Culkin. Yeah. Dead. Dies. Shocking. Spoiler. If you're going to watch it tonight, I'm sorry. I mean, seriously, dude. Bees everywhere. Singing his body. Killing him. You cried, didn't you? Uh, I think I probably did. I, I mean, was young. When, when, when she comes in there and is like, where's his glasses? He can't see. I mean, see I mean seriously, how do you not How do you not get a little, 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 little stuffed up? The thing, though, was like even in the era of you know, predating spoilers, word of mouth was the point. Like I, I knew going into the movie that Macaulay Culkin died. Like, that was... You, it got ruined for everybody. Like you, not me. I don't think I went. I don't. I don't remember, you didn't know I did. I had no idea. Like, I don't. I saw it in theaters, but I just don't remember. Because he was, you know, the biggest name in child acting, and he's you known Home Alone and all stuff. And this was like the, you know, another big movie starring him, and the whole thing was like, oh my god, he died. I think it, well, it was like this. It wasn't the first movie we did after Home Alone. The Boy Scout was. No, well, not the boy. The, he was the evil. good son. The good son. It was something where he was. No, evil. Yeah, well, I went with Elijah Wood. I went and saw that movie in theaters. Because like, you have the shock value there. Yeah. So yeah. horrible. Um, but yeah, then, then, then my girl came out right to that too. Yeah. Dead. I mean, but they, they were even to make a sequel even without Macaulay Culkin. Did you ever watch the sequel? I never knew there was one. You know, there's my girl too. I probably did at some point. I don't, I'm sure I've forgotten. She's a little, like a little older and she goes out to California to visit, um, uh, Danny Aykroyd's uh, brother in the movie. The one with the mustache is like, your, your dad's a killer. You know, <laughs> like that guy, he's like living in California and she goes to visit him. I like that you had to clarify that she's a little bit older. Well, yeah, in the, in, the, in the sequel, it's like, well, I mean, <laughs> she grew up. A little she's bit. like a teenager. She's like in like her teens, opposed to like what is she like in her middle school age? I guess when, yeah, she's probably like 11, 12. Yeah, 14. she's a teen, and she goes and meets the California uh, heartthrob, and you know they they hook up. Uh, good news, but better news at least from over at Jim Patterson Stadium. Louisville is second on Xavier right now in oh. in baseball. Uh, cards were trailing eight to five the last time we gave an update. Louisville now headed to the bottom of the eighth. Louisville and Xavier tied at eight. So we do, baby. Cards got it going in the the home half of the seven. Three run big fly um, to tie the game. Who hit it? I'm trying to find out. Uh, Logan Beard hit the home run to tie the game. Dead center shot. 
at eight. Cards looking for their victory, looking to move to four and zero and continue their climb up the ranks of the national rankings. Number four in the Baseball America Top 25 poll, up one spot from last week. Uh, we've also got, I think Bellman is playing right now in basketball. Is that on one of our stations? It was it men's, no. I believe it's men's. No, we don't have a men's Bellman game until uh, Saturday. Okay. The last game for this season. Ace Sun is the first tournament that starts. We get a week from today, we will have conference tournaments going. The they, well, women's team's got a game Saturday and Wednesday of next week. I'm sure they that's probably conference tournament. They're probably slotted in already. Well, no, no to make the women and the men flip. The bigger tournaments are all yeah. played in the second weekend on the men's side, and the they're played in the second weekend on the women's side. Like the, the smaller tournaments go. Yeah, I don't see the Bellarmine women's team playing much basketball. Uh, yeah, they, 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 they struggle right. a little bit. Men's team, by the way, eight and eight right now, middle of the standings in the ace time, but they conference tournament will start next Tuesday for them. Go check out the Louisville baseball Twitter account. I, don't, I can't tell who our outfielder is, but Xavier got a little a little blooper. And we just, I mean, a frozen rope off the blue, off picking up the blooper barehanded to second base to get the guy out who was trying to get back. Is it uh, Ron McCoy? Uh, that would be yes, it is. All right. I mean, I mean, great for, I mean, great throw. But anybody going to for listeners, just take a chance. Go, go check out Louisville Baseball Twitter account. Check Louisville Baseball Twitter account. By the way, they recently fought. So hold your phone. He's saying, got a cannon. I keep saying, by the way, and I'm so sorry, but by the way, they did recently surpass the 100,000 follower mark on Twitter. They are one of the most followed baseball accounts in college baseball. Wow. I mean, I've, I'm, I'm over 15. I'm over 1,000. I know. Where am I at exactly now? We've made you. We've I did have somebody drop recently, I noticed. I figured it was just a, it was just a porn account busted. You've become um, a star. 1,048. No big deal. So I have dropped two because I was at 1,050. So two people have dropped on me. It's probably Eastern Michigan fans. Losers. Celebrating too easily. Uh, we talked about a wide variety of things today. We're hearing from you on the Thornton sex line at 502-414-1450. We've talked about um, defensive struggles for this Louisville basketball team, whether or not that's a primary concern moving forward. We had some sort of hypotheticals with Chris Mack that were tossed out there. We've recapped the Brandon Miller ongoing saga at Alabama uh, and all of that there. And then we've gotten, of course, as we tend to do, off the beaten path a little bit. Just what's what you can and can't do in a parent teacher conference. We did parent teacher <laughs> conferences came up. Bad memories there for, for some of us. I've been teasing the story, but CBS Matt Norlander has a really good story today on Rick Pitino. And I know that people some people don't want to hear about Rick Pitino, but look, he's pertinent to our interests around here. He's he's always going to be a big part of the program. And I think there is some general interest here locally in what his next move is going to be. And I've already told you, I'd be shocked if he's not coaching in a power conference program this time next year. And I think agreed agreeing to do this story with Norlander, this long profile on what's next for him is the latest piece of evidence that leads me to believe that he's absolutely going to go. And of course he's not saying I want to coach in a power conference program. He's doing the thing where it's like, it would have to be the perfect fit. It'd have to be the perfect job because this AD took a shot with me. I love being in the New York area. I live right, right off the, uh, the the Wingfoot Golf Course, all that stuff. And he also, he comes out, classic Patinoism in, in his very first quote in the story, I've been doing this for 45 years, and I'm more excited about doing it now than I was even when I was 40 because I know it's not going to go on forever. I mean, I, I'm sorry. I can't quit the man. I love him. I, I, I love this stuff. I want to coach five or six more years, Patino said. I still exercise like a demon. I still get after it. And as long as you do that, your mind is sharp. I'm still more passionate about it today than I've ever been in my life. And again, it's something, it's because I know my window's closing. I want to do something special, whether it's at Iona or it doesn't matter. I want to do something special. And I think we are doing something special. 
Let's Somebody's going to get a freaking steal. When he started that statement, when he says, I want to do something special, the man wants to make one last run at winning another national mm-hmm. title. He feels like you know he became the first coach in the history of the sport to win national titles at two different programs. First to take three teams to the Final Four, right? First to take three teams to the Final Four. I think he's still one of only, what, just him and Cal. Wait a uh, minute, no, I think he did it actually. I think Eddie Sutton did it first. Is that right? Because Sutton did it with uh, Arkansas. Uh, Okie State. Okie State. Did he, no, but he didn't go to the Final Four. I think Patino was the first. You're right. I, mean, I guess, I guess I maybe mean, he was the first to take two teams to the Final Four is what I'm thinking of. I think he was the first, and then Cal yeah. Perry became the second. So he's – but I, I think that he, he starts the statement and he kind of catches himself. He's like, whether it's at Iona, you know, he wants to chase another national title. He feels like that second title being – having an asterisk, it, it, it reflects on him. And he's like, okay, cool. You want to see me do it at a third place? Let's go. And I think he knows now. I've also, I, I don't I don't think this, I know this, just talking to people who are, are related to him by blood, he hates life in a one-bid conference. Oh, I, I, you, I mean, you didn't have to be close you to You knew anybody. he was going yeah, to. I mean, was... All it was going to take was that first upset. And sure enough, last year, they dominate the league. They go like 17-1 in conference play, and they lose in the quarterfinals, and their whole season's get done. Yeah. And so he, that's when he started. The, he's like, we got to get in the A-10. we got to get in some guys. Like, guess what? That's not going to happen. I think he's sick of it. He wants to go back to a power conference where you have a little bit more leeway. But the the most interesting part of the story to me is Patino says, I had three really good job offers after last season. Which, you know, he says stuff like that, and sometimes you're like, did you really? Like, was it more just talking? But Norlander apparently did some digging and figured out he did. He he had three schools that, that wanted him. It wasn't maybe offers laid out, but schools came calling. I mean, I can believe if there was more, but yeah. Holy Cross was one. That's a peril move. But... Rhode Island, and then Maryland was apparently a real deal. Uh, Maryland would have been interesting. Patino, I don't think this was a direct quote, but T- Patino apparently told Norlander yeah. he'll never coach at a Big Ten they, school. Because yeah, nah, they fired that, Richard. Yeah. They, they fired Richard in Minnesota. I'll never coach in the Big Ten. But, you know, said I was offered three really good jobs last year, but I told the one job, it was a big-time job, I said, look, I've got a $5 million buyout. I had a $10 million buyout prior to that. I'm not worth it. I disagree to that. But... Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks for being modest, but I don't think that's true. The giveaway of all giveaways was that he had a chance to restructure his deal with Iona during the offseason and chose not to. I mean, and guess what the result of that was? His buyout, what do you think it is now? He said it was $10 million. Now it's it's $5 million. I'm cheating because I saw this quote zero. Zero. Yeah. He has no buyout. I mean, it's, um, so you, you could basically get Patino for, I wouldn't, I mean. Not, you can get Patino for dirt cheap, right? Yeah, now. I'm not saying free, but even his contract's probably not going to be over the moon. I mean. You can get Rick Patino for dirt cheap. So basically what we're saying is if you are a. Once proud program, not in the Big Ten apparently, and you you want to at least get a flash of remembrance of your glory days, you hire Patino right now because I tell you, I promise you, you're gonna be relevant within two years. He says he wants to coach for five or six more seasons. It's probably closer to ten if he's having success. If he wants to get a championship, it's probably gonna be closer wherever he goes. It's probably gonna be closer to just five or six or seven. Right, because you know you assume it's going to take him two or three years to get them in position to even have a shot at that. And then you still got to get lucky to win a national title. Things have to go right yeah. uh, or just to get to a Final Four. But, but you know, the, the other giveaway to me is what is when he talks about – he talks about Iona kind of the same way that Jeff Brom was talking about Purdue 
you know, originally, you know, when Louisville came calling and ended up with Scott Satterfield, Brom was just getting started there. He made these promises to these recruits. He felt like he hadn't, you know, done his mission, accomplished his mission. And then even before the job opened last season, Brom, when he was talking about Purdue, was kind of like, you got the sense that he felt like they'd done what they set out to do when he got there. And Patino says the exact same thing. Uh, he actually says it the exact word. We've accomplished what we set out to do. If I wanted to leave, it would be a job that I thought could get to a Final Four. It would be a great place where I want to live, but I don't see it happening. I don't see it happening. Yeah, right. I'm really tied to these kids, and they came because of me. Patino goes on. I mean, he keeps talking about the things that would take him to go. There's not one moment where he's like, I'm not going to leave. I'm staying here for good. And I know he's telling people that like he's 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 ready to go. I mean, listen, and if if you're, I saw some people on Twitter like, by my own, I'd be mad. He if he's been there for just a couple years and then bounces, it's the best you've ever had, Iona, since Jeff Ruland. The player, not the coach. Yeah, the coach was pretty good too. They'd gone to like they'd gone to five tournaments in six years before Pacino got there. Yeah, I know they had the success under was it Cluis or whatever his name yeah, was. Tim Cluis was great there. It was during that up and town offense that was fun to I mean, watch. They almost beat us in the tournament in the second round. Yeah, I, mean, I know, I know they're not bad, but I mean, still, it's Pacino. You you can't you're not, you're not going to keep him. You get attention. I mean, they went to the tournament his first year, gave Alabama a nice little scare. They'll be the favorites to go, but they're leading the conference right now. They'll be the favorite to win that MAC tournament and go back to the tournament this year, and. You know, we'll see what they do. You've definitely gotten your money's worth out of having Rick Pitino. Plus, oh, people yeah. talking about Iona basketball more than they were, even when they were better in like 09, 2010. <laughs> um, he said, the only thing I, I don't like about the whole situation, I hate being in a one-bid league. So he does, he comes out and directly says it. I don't want to be in a one-bid one bid league. He makes mention, of course, of the, the fact that the NCAA exonerated him. He's very hireable right now. He knows all that stuff. Like, like he's... Rick Pitino knows what he's doing. There's no question about it. He always has, but he's, if I had a large amount of money, I'd bet it on the fact that he's coaching in a power conference program 12 months from now. I think those odds are, are better than secretariats to win the, the, they were going in into the, the Derby. The only way I mean, it doesn't happen is if the wrong school approaches him or something happens with Georgetown or St. John's or one of these schools that just, they don't, if it's up to him, he's gone. I mean, he's going to, is it, Almost not a given, but a, I mean, obviously he's not going to go to the Big Ten apparently, but like the Big East is kind of where it, it seems to be most likely landing. It makes sense. It does, but you know, not everything makes sense happens. I mean, Georgetown is a he loves the Big East. He's clearly a Big East guy. Yeah. Georgetown is not Northeast, but it's also a program where it is it's North, a college uh, where yeah, it, it's two of his kids went there. His niece went there. Yeah. He, Beautiful he, campus. He's donated a lot of money to Georgetown over the years. He knows a lot of people there. Uh, it's a proud basketball tradition that he likes. To, it's the situation that he loves. Especially it's, one that it's known for, it was known for primarily for its defense and the, yeah. the paranoia era. I mean, a, a, he loves the situation. A proud basketball tradition with a rabid fan base that's just waiting to be reinvigorated that's been down their luck for the last several seasons. Like He walked into that at UK. He walked into that at Louisville. He thrives there. It seems to make almost too much sense. Hey, Patino, reviving the two programs of the 80s that both refused to acknowledge the three-point line. Well, that's... <laughs> he'll make him play a more modern style. There's no question about that. Uh, but he... Like, like, that one seems logical. St. John's, I know that they... you know, they, they've, I don't know if they have changed their stance that led them to pass on Patino a few years ago, but that's another job. And then you Who's St. John's coach? Mike Anderson still. Oh, okay. I think you've told me that. Yeah. yeah. You also have to remember, like, 
sometimes jobs open up that we don't see coming at all. Like, nobody thought Villanova was going to be open after sure. last season. Who's to say that somebody doesn't drop a bombshell and you know leave for a different gig or just choose to give up the game entirely? You just you don't know. We real know, but you fire your, your one year guy for him. For he's Pena? playing better. I mean, he's co- they're doing better. They beat they upset Xavier last night. They're they're coming around a little bit, but it's still not a Nova esque season. Like you have to give him another year though. He's he's family. It's like there's a similar situation. They're in a more enviable spot than we are, but the situation overall is a little bit similar. So you're saying Patino back to Louisville? Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. Message board's ready, baby. Grab the bird announces it. Patino, Patino, Louisville, as long as they don't join the Big Ten, has a chance to get Patino back. Not happening. No. If you're Maryland, you got to be like, I know Maryland fans already don't like being in the Big Ten. But now to find out maybe they have <laughs> being the fact that they are in the Big Ten maybe cost them Rick Pitino as coach. I'd be freaking furious of them a turp. Man, yeah, I think they're pretty happy right now. I know they lost in Nebraska. They, Will have done a hell of a job in year one. They're pretty good. They're okay. But where are they? I mean, what are they facing? Like probably like a seven seed? Uh, I mean, they're top 25 right now. Okay, it's still, if you could mean. They're number 23 on Ken Palm. They are, according to the latest, I'll, I'll give Lenardi. We'll do this. Give Lenardi. They are they're seventh seed exactly. Okay. I mean, yeah. that's, I mean, they were picked to finish third to last in the Big Ten going into the season. They had they had better <laughs> they had worse preseason expectations than we did in their conference. Well, and we had their coach from last season. And they're a seventh seed, so that's I think they're probably okay with that right now. Um, probably I'm, a better team, better season than now. Yeah, I wouldn't doubt it. Wouldn't put anything past him. Uh, a couple of the quick notes to get to. I, I meant to mention, speaking of Maryland, Louisville has, they're getting back out there on the recruiting trail. They're getting back towards offering some of these grad transfers that are out there. They're trying to bolster the positions of need. UL offered another grad transfer offensive lineman. Mason Lunsford from Maryland has been offered. You know, we got the kid from Virginia a few, a couple months ago. Yeah. I think it was very clear looking at the, the roster that we still needed to land a couple of more offensive linemen, probably uh, a couple of other guys on the defensive side of the you ball as well. You can never have too many linemen. You can't. He, he started 12 or 13 games last season, uh, got moved to left guard. He's got two years of eligibility remaining, despite being a grad transfer. He was their second best pass protector last season, according to Pro Football Focus. Uh, gave up no sacks, just one quarterback hit, and only eight hurries in all of 2022. So this would be a, a very solid addition. Let's go get him. Mason Lunsford. On the radar, Jeff Brom, reel him in. Do your thing. Yeah. Thank you. Need that to happen. Um, can you have a baseball update for me, by the way? I was I distracted a little bit. I was on the college basketball thing. Like, the trending player pages are Brandon Miller, Mac McClung, Darius Miles, <laughs> Trace Jackson Davis, and Mark Titus. <laughs> That's the players trending the most on this. I just think caught my attention. I'm like, wow, what an obscure group. <laughs> uh, the only other thing that I, I wanted to mention, the XFL kicked off last weekend. I think people saw that the C.J. Avery highlights were out there. Do you have any idea how many former Louisville players are playing in the XFL? Um, If I had to take a guess, looks like Louisville took the lead, by the way. Nice. That's what I was uh, bottom eighth, about. looks like Louisville's up 10 to 8 now. There we go. Uh, 11 to 8. They just scored uh, 12 to 8. Jeez. Uh, it was a uh, Hawkins into the corner, and we'll take two more is what the, twi- the Twitter says. Three outs away. That's, what we, that's how we roll. Three outs away from this four. That's how we roll. Ryan McCoy. Um, big blast. What was the question again? I forgot. Uh, how many former UFL players do you think are playing oh, the Oh, um, 
Well, I don't see Avery, obviously. I knew that. Didn't surprise me. I'm going to say six. Six is accurate. Wow. That's nailed it. Uh, CJ Avery, Tremaine Washington, okay. Shaq Wiggins, right. Josh Harvey Clemens, Eli Rogers, and Dantes Bird. Love on. I love Ali. That Rogers is still bouncing around. Yeah, Rogers, he's gonna play forever if he can. I mean, seriously, he's made a good life for himself. Yes, he's doing the damn thing. Uh, five two four one four fourteen fifty. We can, we have time for a couple of texts. Who does he play for, by the way? Does it say? No, I do. Okay. Time for a couple of texts here before we can uh, get Some to. Oh, oh, Scooter Dingus texted in. What what is Scoot's got to talk about? Well, you know what he's talking about. Is he going to bring about Indiana lost last night to Michigan State? How about we talk about that Scoot's? Both got that one right. But Scoot's, you can check the podcast. We did talk about it. Eastern Michigan won their seventh game last night. They now lead the bet 7-4. Uh, to four, And we broke it down a little bit earlier. I think the only route that, Louisville, that Trevor has to either pushing or winning this bet, we need EMU to lose their last three. They'll miss the MAC tournament. And they've got three... Winnable two at least two winnable games. Now the, there, there's one other option. No, Scoots turn We need to win George, beat George Tech, beat VT, and then take a game or two in the ACC tournament. Or 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 win or, the whole thing. Or hear me out. Hear me out. Scoots turn the radio off. We pretend like Scoots screwed up the uh, the board again, <laughs> and we don't go on the air on time the next couple of days. And I get two. I, I we we I, I distract two wins from me and you. That's the only. It's the only help you have. <laughs> now it's gonna be hard to do that when we're supposed to be in Jeff tomorrow. <laughs> we are in Jeff tomorrow. It's gonna be hard to make the excuse. Scoots didn't bring the pod down. And we're at Oxford on Friday, where I believe Scoots will be Scoots producing the, the show. Yeah. <laughs> so that's gonna be tough. It's gonna be hard to get around that. <laughs> Texture says uh, TK and my girl too. She basically had pre boobs. LOL, you sicko. Well, she did have pre boobs. She was like fifteen or so. I didn't, I, got it, well, I didn't act like I was hooking up with her. I said she hooked up with some other kids. Texter says, <laughs> since we're on the topic of recruiting classes that turned out to be bust, remember when everyone was hailing the 2013 class to be the greatest of all time? Julius Randle was the only one who had a productive NBA career. Oh, I mean, those stories were written. Like, it's the best class of all time. It's right there with the Fab Five. It's right there. I don't even know who they compared it to. Keep calm. The twins are coming. And then it ended up being... Like cows. I'm sorry. Seventh or eighth Every best year class. is the best class of all time for UK. Because by but like by the rankings they had like. That's the, what class this year's class is. Well, this year's class is legit, but it's their first number one class in like five years. That class though, the 2013 one, they had like the number one, two, three, five, six players in that class, and it turns out that it was just a misranked class. Was that the the James Young and Randall and Randall and Harrison yeah. twins? Like yeah, they were supposed to be, and Randall was good, but. Everybody else is kind Because the class thing. before was uh, was no, Lerner Noel. Yes, exactly. He was the star of the NIT team. Yep. Got hurt. Texas, I've been thinking about quitting coffee for a while, but I'm afraid of the caffeine withdrawal. How'd you do it? Well, I didn't really have a choice. <laughs> like, I I got to the point where if I was drinking coffee, I felt like my heart was going to explode and I couldn't stand up for eight hours. So I, when that's the case, you kind of hand gets pushed a little I'd bit. I'd say switch to tea. Tea is very heavy in caffeine as well. Yeah, so Not you. I'm talking to Texas. But he's trying to. I was well, was he trying, trying to quit coffee or trying to quit caffeine? I don't know. That's what I'm saying. Like he said, he wants to quit coffee, but the caffeine would. I'm assu- I mean, why would you want to quit coffee if you didn't care about the caffeine? Like, uh, assuming I'm assuming he's trying to get away from the caffeine. Well, then, then I don't. Then yeah, then I don't try coke. I I mean, <laughs> take a speed. I don't know. What I mean, yeah, I mean, I, it, it sucked for a while. I, you just kind of get used to it after a little bit, like just drinking water with breakfast or drinking something with breakfast. I, I've got no good tips. I just because I just I had no choice but to. Mine's not the water. It's just the just the 
feeling worn down after just a few hours, every couple hours, because I'm not used to the the, the pick me up of caffeine. But yeah, but you don't drink coffee every day. No, but I drink. I mean, I drink soda. I mean, it's caffeine, sugar, same difference. It's a little bit different. I mean, I used to drink. Yeah, one's soda worse for you, but they both still bring the same to the table in terms of the energy. Right, but it's coffee is like it's like a, more of a routine thing. Like I think people get into the habit of drinking it with breakfast. It's more of like the overall feeling, and it gets you a little bit of a jolt to start the day. I think breaking that cycle is, is tough. Because, I mean, I was at the point before... You ever drink a Mellow Yellow when you first wake up? Tell me I don't give you a jolt. No, because that's just, like, sugar. It just makes me feel like crap. Well, I mean... Um, I mean, I... When I first had to give it... Like, I would get, I got to the point with coffee where I... I mean, I was having three cups at least a day for, like, years. I never missed. And if I did miss, I would get, like, sick. So it was... I don't know if I ever would have been able to break it if it hadn't been for this. Texas, how did the how the hell did Mac target the New Zealand experiment? Anyways, I still have no idea how yeah, we ended up with Ross that, yeah. I, I That whole story, I, I've never. Ooh, there's a private showing a premiere of Cocaine Bear tonight in Lexington. There you go. Texas, Mike, what did your wife think of the South Park episode marking mocking Meghan Markle and Prince Harry? I mean, my wife, if she hates anything more than than, than Meghan Markle these days, it's probably South Park. Like she's, she's not a South Park man. No, she would. Like, even if she hears the voices, she's like. Get that up, turn it off. Like it's got. I, I can't even like hear the voices. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, she, South Park's she, funny. She'll never do it. Yeah, she'll never. Yeah, sorry. Right. I honestly, I, I, and I didn't know that South Park had done that. But I mean, she's I, well, yeah, yeah. she's not. She's Team K. She's Could not you be shocked to me? Is there anything South Park probably hasn't covered at this point? No, but I mean, I just, I'm saying, I didn't know. I, I didn't know yeah. South Park was like new right now. Do we have an update for uh for for Harry and uh? No butt patent today that I. No I, butt patents. People, the people email has not come out that I've seen. So uh, we need to get that on there. It's already five thirty. Texas says she goes out to California. I guess this is my girl too. My girl too, yeah. To figure out the origins of her mother and where she came from for a school project, since she never knew who she was. Oh yeah, I forgot Hashtag that was part just of it. Smile. Yeah, that's right. And it turns out she was like, uh, she's a she's in movies. He, Te- and she meets like a friend, a boyfriend of his. Yeah, I do remember that. I forgot that was part of the plot. Texas says, have either of you watched the Sebastian Telfair documentary Through the Fire? If not, I suggest <laughs> to watch it. Interesting to see what has changed in recruiting. Yes. I've, watched it i bring up some bad i bring up that documentary constantly at least once every once once a week you can see in the documentary he was leading us astray that documentary though did get us terry rogier he fell in love with the documentary he dreamed of playing for louisville ever since seeing it and he committed here without ever coming to the campus i don't think i've ever watched it it's good it's 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 certainly worth watching even though it drives me crazy now when I see Tell Fair, he's like, my coach, Rick Patino, And, like, behind closed doors, Patino's like, I, I know he's not coming now. Like, he's <laughs> he's just straight up lying to the cameras. Texas Mike, have you watched Full Swing on Netflix? Yes. Uh, I watched the first episode last Full night. Full Very good. Swing. It's the new golf documentary that's like the tennis uh, and the Formula One one. And it's it's better than the tennis one so far. At least. But I looked into that. What Somebody asked me about the local wrestling thing. Apparently, they are doing a new promotion called Derby City Wrestling. Oh, there you go. It's going to be filming down on, like, West Broadway or West Muhammad Ali, something way downtown. Uh, and go ahead. And they're going to. Uh, it's supposed. I don't know what the real details are, but it just promoted like local indie people from stars from T- uh, TNA, Impact, and AEW. And uh, they're. I guess they're going to like t- film film a television show like once a week. It's connected with WDRB. I don't. There you go. Don't have a whole lot of details to it, but yeah, I did find out about that. The text continues, uh, is pro golf the hardest sport mentally on the players? To me, it seems like it requires unbelievable discipline and work ethic and an incredible support system. That's a good question. I'd say probably. I mean, tennis is kind of the same way. You realize, like, they're, you're very much alone. Like, you have, you have no real help. At least with golf, you have your caddy. I mean, well, golf and singles tennis are 
two of the few that are, are individuals, yeah, not team related, but I don't know. That's um, that's interesting. I mean, I don't know if that's. I would go with yes to, to answer. Just off the top of my head, I would think yes, because mentally golf is if you get out of your routine or that mental focus, and you know this if you're just like a novice hacker out there swinging around, like you're done. Like I've had rounds where I just. I mean, I, can you use that same for, for philosophy for baseball though, in terms of a hitter? Yeah, but it's just one game. It's like three at bats. If you're mm-hmm. if you have one bad swing, and it gets in your head a little bit, like your round is, is cooked, and like you're gonna be out of the tournament, you're gonna be you're gonna miss the cut. Like I mean, a- any novice golfer knows that too. Like you can be feeling good, you can have a great time at the range, you can play the first couple holes well, and if you just get something in your head and it screws with you a little bit, like you're you're wrecked. It's a very frustrating game. Uh, let's take a break. Our last break. We'll come back. You guys, I didn't realize how many texts we had, but we'll try to get to as many as we can. How many of them correcting me? My my girl too. <laughs> the first like couple were and that, that okay. Was, that was they, it. they backed off. I right, good. That was it. Little baseball. Another adding another home run. Eddie King Jr. Three for four with a bomb. Cards game. three outs away from taking down Xavier here in this midweek game. We'll have a final update there, and we'll wrap up the show. Keep it locked right here on fourteen fifty and ninety six one. The Big X. Say what can make me feel this way? My girl, my girl, my girl. I think it's underrated, is it not? Yes. If you're ranking Temptation songs and you have that at five, I'd have it higher. What would you put it a pet? What, so what it's? A... I like it more than My Girl. I like it more than Papa Was a Rolling Stone. I will take it over Papa. I don't know My Girl though. I mean, that's. I like My Girl. Is it just because My Girl's just you feel it's too played out? Yeah. It's too okay. well known. Okay, I, I get that then. 
I like it better than just my imagination. That might be my second favorite Temptation. So, so what's so it's first then? Is H about the bag? Yes. Just my imagination. I mean, H about the bag's good, but just my imagination. I do like just my imagination a lot. Yeah. Uh, final segment here of the Wednesday edition of the Rutherford Show. Can't say my own last name now. Five zero two four one four fourteen fifty. The Thornton Sax line. You guys have filled it up. We'll take some more text here, and then we'll look ahead to tonight's games in college basketball. Also, it's AEW night for you. What's Orange Cassidy doing? Defending that All Atlantic title? Uh, I know there's a a buttload of uh, battle royals tonight. Is that the wrestling term? Yes, I think it is. It's actually Tony Khan loves his battle royals. Like, there's two battle royals. There's, I think they're both tag team battle royals. And they're both to determine who will be the other two participants in the four-way tag team match at the pay-per-view. Oh. Like, right now, we have the Ass Boys, and they're because they're champions. That's like, the wrestling name? Yeah, I mean, the, well, the Gun Club. The Gun Club? That's uh, Billy Gunn's kids, yeah. That was Alabama basketball. Uh, <laughs> they're the champions. They upset. They cheated, but upset and took the, the titles from the acclaimed. And uh, the acclaimed are going to challenge back at the uh, pay-per-view, which is uh, going to be... Not this weekend, but the weekend after. Okay. March 5th. All right. There you go. So I'm looking forward to it. Got my fantasy baseball draft on March 4th. Oh, it's all happening. I got my, I got a pay-per-view on March 5th. Little was going to win an ACC tournament game that week. You're damn right. At least one. I mean, it's 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 all coming together now. Uh, I bring this up because a texter brought this up yesterday, and another one says, big shout-out to the texter who recommended the Simple Radio app. I haven't had a random ad yet. We've had problems with people saying the TuneIn app cuts them off they have ads in the middle of the show when we're in the middle of a conversation and god forbid you miss the middle of a, a tk mic conversation so if you want to to avoid that simple radio app seems to be one that's working for people there you go sounds good i've got a quick question before we go to the text line do you have anybody around you in your like neighborhood that still has christmas lights up or they do the thing where it's like i've got like the white lights around the house and i'm trying to play it off like they're not christmas lights but i'm just too lazy to take them down no, not now. I bring not, this up for a reason. Not currently. Now, I did go very long with one of the houses at the end of my street. Uh, did leave like the the, the the Santa and a candy cane out till almost like early February. We had some. But they finally pulled them down. So, I, I, as far as I know, no one in my neighborhood is, is still doing it. We had a handful that were up until like late January, early, early February. But there was one street, so the street that I typically take Penny down uh, if I'm doing like a quick walk. And there were two houses kind of next to each other that up until last week both had, like, they not full-on decorations, but they had some trees lit up. And I kind of, I got this sense that it was like, you know how they do the thing sometimes in college baseball, sometimes in the pros too, where they'll have a standoff after the national anthem. Like, the players will try to stay outside the dugout as long as they can. There'll be, like, one player on both teams oh, yeah, who I mean. refuses to go back in the dugout, and then whoever, like, balks first... <laughs> I, so the one of the house, I was walking the dog, I noticed finally, like last week, lights were down. And the very next night, the other house, their lights were down. <laughs> and they were playing chicken I, was, like, I think this was a standoff. I think this was a Christmas light standoff between two rival houses on the street to see who could, who could keep theirs up the longest. I mean, I wonder why the, they finally folded on one house. I don't know, but the other house, the very next day, was down too. I'm like, this this has to be a contest. There's no other explanation for having your your Christmas lights up post Valentine's Day. Maybe it was maybe it was the house, the second house was more the husband was like, I'm too lazy, honey. I don't want. To, I tell you what, as long as if we're not the only house, I'll, I don't have to take them down. And the neighbors finally were like, okay, let's take them down. He's like, damn you. Yeah, maybe I don't know. But it was <laughs> I, every night I was like, I, I turned the corner of the street and I was like, I'm so interested to see like who has the lights. I mean, I told you, I've told you a story about my buddy Paco who left his Christmas tree up until like mid August. No, that's bad. And I was like, why? I went over one day. I was like, 
why is this thing still up? He's like, and I, I'll never quote him. I put the damn thing up. She can take the damn thing down. Mm. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Texture says, since Trevor loves his ring doorbell so much. I do. If we win the ACC tournament, I'll walk past his ring doorbell naked. How's that a gift? I mean, I mean first of all, are we getting this text from a guy or girl? I'm assuming a, a guy. We know you can't assume that. We have we have a very large female following. We do. They typically identify themselves on uh, well, on text a lot of times. They usually don't come naked to my ring. Either. My wife, but Mary loved so much last week the married couple texting into the show separately, not texting each other oh, about yeah. the d- debate over the Valentine's <laughs> the Day tire gauge. Yeah. Mary's like, I'm dying at this. I'm like, there you go. That's we're a show for all people. Uh, you know what? If we went, I, I still say go for it. Streak, streak my my ring, my ring bell. Texas says the most depressing news right now is that Steve Cragthorpe will have had more wins in his final season at Louisville than this year's basketball team. Flip the roster. That's not true though. I thought but he went four finished. and eight his last year. Yeah. So he's as many, at best, wins as this team. We have four wins now. So, you know. He may have more wins in his first and second seasons if we lose out, but he'll never have more than than we did in his last season. Yeah. So 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 clearly success. Yeah. But everything's fine. Where's Craig Dorbett nowadays? He's not coaching. Oh, I know he left coaching at the LSU and the the, the health the elders, stuff. Yeah. yeah. I, think he's, I think he's just I don't he's think retired he's after that. that. Yeah. Texas word in Philadelphia is that the Eagles are asking permission to speak with Brian Brown for the DC job. <laughs> what if that happened? There's no way. It'd be great. <laughs> no. Texas, I know a struggling Power 5 team that likes paying big buyouts. Maybe they like free buyouts, too. Talking about Clemson? Boston College? Texas, I will root for Patino wherever he goes, even Notre Dame. Same texture also says, better question, who finishes with more career wins, Cragthorpe or Payne? Ooh. Cragthorpe had... 15 total wins. He went 6-5-4. Are you talking about just at Louisville? Yeah, 6-5-4 okay. and four in three seasons. So we would. So that's, yeah. Can we get to if we won nine games next year, that would solidify at least a tie. Assuming if we lost out this year, and we lose, the it's got to be. We pain. win nine games next year. It's going to end in a tie. Cause it's got to be pain. Pain's surely to God. We'll we'll surpass 15 total wins in two years here. Surely. If not, then then he's gone. I'm being serious, and don't call me Shirley. Texas UNC dumps Hubert. They hire Wes Miller. UC hires KP. It's all coming together. <laughs> I do think the Hubert Davis. That's funny. I, we may be entering a Kevin Ollie situation there. If they miss the tournament now. Yeah, without the title. Yeah, I know, but he at least made it to the, you know, you, you know what I'm saying, though. Like a, yeah. a flukish run that made people think he was the guy. And then very quickly the evidence starts st- stockpiling that he's not the guy. I mean, if he can't do something with that huge recruiting class they have coming in next year, um, we'll see what that, that what would, could be. What would be another? What would be a close thing to Kevin Ollie like that? At least I mean, more modern. I guess there's probably some in the older days that I can't think of. But like Mike Davis. Yeah, he, he had a he had a longer career than either one, and and some success, enough success to keep him around. But you know, that first run yeah. ended up looking a little fluky by the time they got to the Tom Izzo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Texas says one big league rules out the ACC at their pace right now. I don't know what that means. One big league rules out the ACC at their pace right now. I'm not sure. I don't know what that means. Texas says, I'm sold on Patino. Tell KP thanks for trying, but we're going in a different direction. Patino is probably more popular than KP is. Right now, yeah. Not amongst some of the ex-players, but the majority of the fan base, yeah. For sure. 
Texas says, Nate Oates suddenly looks like he would have been a very bad hire. Texas says, that depends on your perspective. Do you want is it, do you consider a bad hire someone who has no morals and ethics or someone who has no morals and ethics and still wins? They still may win the national title. Yeah, I mean, it depends what your that really depends on what your perspective of of, of bad hire he is. You could not have handled the press conference worse <laughs> yesterday, though. I think we can oh, all agree so on that. Bad. I mean, that all time press conference flub. Just okay, my ring just miss. went off. That guy's not at my house, is he? Oh, please. <laughs> Texas says, take Mallory to see Cocaine Bear. Who's Mallory? I have no idea. I was hoping that you would know. I was hoping that was like one of your friends. Too. I don't even know who Ma- I've never known a Mallory. <laughs> I don't know if I've known a Mallory either. Now the only Mallory I think of is in that like the, the the sister on Growing Pains. I don't know. <laughs> the one that was that was anorexic. The Louisville baseball team has prevailed, by the way. Officially Woo! taking down Xavier, but four and zero now. Moving on to a weekend series, taking our first midweek game of the year. Feeling good, looking good, being great. Feeling good, looking good, uh, Billy Ray. Are you going to go see Cocaine Bear in theaters? No. I'll see it. I'll watch it. I'll give it a shot. If it's stupid enough and fun enough, I'll definitely watch it, but I'm not going to go to the theater. They paid for Super Bowl ads for this movie. No. Texas, caffeine, don't do anything for me. Hell, cocaine makes me go to sleep even. I'm fueled by my life, guys. Y'all should try. He's high on Jesus. (laughs) That's all he needs. I think he's on speed. (laughs) Texas says, tell me McMaines ain't a family guy character in the sense of picture. It does kind of look like Ross McMaines. (laughs) Texas, a co-worker told me that Prince Harry... uh, Meghan Markle episode of South Park was the funniest one he's ever seen. Well, now I kind of want, want to watch it. I can't remember the last time I watched a South Park episode. They've been showing old ones at night that I've, I've fallen asleep to a few times, like the like season three, season four. Those are nice, yeah. Like, if I'm up late and I just need to, because I, I do fall asleep with the TV on. I know it's bad for you, but I, I can't help it. And I've been watching some of those recently. See, I, I normally don't try to fall asleep with, well, when I'm not falling asleep with the TV on, I'm the one that, like, will, I'll put, like, my phone, like, a little stand next to it, like, I'll like, start streaming something. And I hate hold, it. Hold on. The, the texture said, take Mallory, see cocaine bear. Now it just said, crap, that was meant for my son. <laughs> <laughs> okay, first of all, I need to know how this date goes now. Now, now we're invested in this Now I'm really curious. I mean, does one, does one, can one get to second base during cocaine bear? Well, don't talk about his dad. What's that? Don't, we don't need to talk about this with his dad on the line. We don't even know if it's his dad. Maybe this is... Well, first of all, if it's his dad and he's talking about his son, then I don't think he's worried about talk, bragging about his kid getting to second base. I, I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's awkward. Who knows? <laughs> not awkward. Texas says, TK... As long as, Mallory's not, as long as it's not his daughter, then then it's awkward. Texas says, TK, please accept my friend request on Facebook. Are you just not not accepting requests? I didn't see it. Come on, man. Come on. I'll go in there right now and accept it. Right now. Another texture says, uh, Ham Radio app is the best app. Ham Radio's? Apparently it's an app. The texture says, "I want Kelvin Sampson." The texting stuff was stupid. NCA bull Mullard. I would love to have Kelvin Sampson too. It was for sure. We're also look. We may be in a recruiting war with Kelvin Sampson coming up soon. Uh oh. So Master P's other son, the one who's very very good, Mercy Miller, recently just ran through Bronny James uh, in that school out there. Houston right now is his leader, and we want to we want to get Mercy Miller in here. We want to get Mercy playing for the cards. He can ball. Mercy. He's the real deal, but he's got a very good he's got a very good relationship with Kelvin Sampson because Sampson was the first one to recruit him. And hell, Houston may win a national title this year, but we may have to go at it with Kelvin for Mercy Miller. Texas, do you think that Eddie King is the next Ken Griffey Jr.? Yes, <laughs> better. Ken Griffey Jr. and Vlad Guerrero combined. Vlad Guerrero Jr. Texas says, yeah, both both lads. 
Texas last night's home loss to a terrible Villanova team was Sean Miller's way of reminding Xavier fans that 14 years later, he still doesn't have what it takes to win big games. <laughs> There's a part of me, and I don't know how Sean Miller is personally. I don't, I don't, you hear stories, but I don't know. I know he got in trouble. But there is a part of me that hopes that he just is a guy who loses like seven regional finals and just never makes it to a Final Four. It just becomes his thing. Because that was the defining – before the FBI stuff, stuff broke, that was the defining storyline that was going to be hanging over that season because they were supposed to be so good at, at Zona. Like, Miller keeps losing in a regional final. Can he finally get to a Final Four? And then it was like, is he going to keep his job because he's openly paying players? And now it's kind of back to, can he win the big one? But they've been good this year. Texas says Patino is more popular than KP in his four wins. No way, Trevor. That's crazy talk. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You think it's crazy to say that Patino is more popular? I think he's saying it's obvious. Oh, okay. I mean, yeah. I mean, who knows? Um, I accepted those friend requests, I think. So. There you go. You're good to go. I didn't notice him. Sorry, guys. Just, he's too popular. Yeah. The texter says, I'll keep you informed as far as the his son and Mallory's relationship. I am curious. I wonder how it goes. I'm, I'm just glad we accurately gauged it as a text for his son and a love interest. Like, I, Maybe Mallory could have been his younger sister. Then it would have gotten weird. <laughs> but now I want to know how it plays also, out. Also, how old is his son? Like, uh, what, I mean, he's got to be in high school, right, at least? Could be could be a junior high. If you can go see Cocaine Bear at 14, 15. You 13, 14. Really? You send, you, send, you send the seventh grader to see Cocaine Bear? Eh, probably not. But it's still possible. I mean, I, I mean, yeah. What was the first movie you went on a date with? Date two. Um, oh, Mary and I went on a date. I, I had never been. Not with Mary. I'm just saying in, in that general. That was the first time I ever went on like, a movie date. Yeah, I didn't. I, well, damn, I thought I was. I thought mine was late. Yeah, I never went. On, like, I never really like. I didn't date very much like before Mary and I. Mary and I started dating when I was 23 and she was 22, and I never like. I never like had a. I never dated anybody in high school or anything like that. Like I had like. You, you know, you have, like, the, in those early 20s, like, late teens, you kind of have, like, where you're talking to girls and, like, you're not... I keep forgetting you went to an all-boys school. Yeah. <laughs> I I'm like, that does, that does probably put a little hamper in the damper. <laughs> but I never wanted a girlfriend in high school. Not that I could have gotten one, probably. But, like, I, I also never actively sought one out. You had those times where, like, you kind of talked to girls and, like, you would you know, hang out and do stuff and you would go to places. But I never had, like, an active... Mary was, like, my legit first girlfriend. Really? And then I had a couple others, but because we broke up for a little bit. But she was. So what the, was the movie then? Uh, I can't remember the name of it. It was it was terrible. It was awful. It was with Shia LaBeouf. Oh, I think I've you brought this up I have brought before. It up before. Yes. Wasn't oh oh uh, it was something about eye or eagle eye. Eagle eye, exactly. Yes. Because we yeah, walk out. You brought up that movie, but I didn't realize that was like your first movie date. Yeah, we like so we didn't really know each other that well at this point, I guess. Because we walk out and she, I was like. She was like, she thought it was like a movie that guys would like, and I was like, well, that sucked because <laughs> like it was terrible. Like it was, it was wasn't just like a good thriller. It was a dumb thriller. It was awful. Oh, was, I remember, I remember the movie. It was yeah, a terrible movie. And she was like, well, she's like, what kind of movies do you like? And I'm like, well, then let's talk about it then. Let's get to know each other a little bit here. Well, here, I was thinking, I'm like the the old man, like because I was freshman year before I took my first movie day. I mean, I, I some some teetering romance in middle school, but we didn't go. We went to the mall really more than anything. I went to like movies with girls in grade school and high school where like you're kind of like talking to them and like you, you yeah, make that a little, but, but it wasn't like a full on date. The first time it was a date because well, I was, was a girlfriend was freshman year, and that would have been uh happy Gilmore or me and Billy Madison, me and Billy Madison. I like that. Billy Madison was the first one. Bill of Jade. That's I dig that. Yeah. Uh, this texture son is, but it's 26. There's the answer to that question. Oh, then yeah, he's definitely getting, <laughs> are you old enough to see cocaine bear at 26? <laughs> 
First of all, then why is she, wait a minute? Why are you why, why does dad have to give a twenty six year old son like romance advice? I think it's more of a dad joke. Okay. <laughs> Texas, I was really hoping that Mike was going to say his first movie date was to see Holes, a Shia LaBeouf <laughs> <Shia> movie. <laughs> really know anything about? This. There's no way it's not sounding. I know. I know. You There's no. I don't really have any experience with Holes. Wasn't <laughs> <laughs> was really very. Uh, I, I don't know a lot about them, uh, so I like. I just the only reason I even know they even exist is because after like the trans. Like, I didn't know who Shia LaBeouf was until Transformers, really. Like, I had no... I mean, I, that, Stevens guy? I mean, yeah, I was I was already in middle school and high school during that time. I'm not... If I'm watching, like, Shia LaBeouf stuff at that, when it was out, I'd probably be more creepier than know, than for knowing who he was than not knowing. Yeah, probably. All right, big game tonight in college basketball. 6.30, actually, on FS1. Number 20, Providence, on the road, taking on number 18, Connecticut. Friars 12 and 4 in the Big East, UConn 9 and 7 in the Big East, but UConn is a seven and a half point favorite in this game. TK, who you got? Taking the Flyers. Friars. Nice. Good save. Game screwed up. <laughs> I'm going to say, I'll say UConn wins, but Providence covers. Okay. UConn by four. There you go. Couple, we can pick the UK game if you want to, because the other games, top 25 games, are not. All that interesting. Uh, Kentucky is on the road, taking on Florida. 7 o'clock on ESPN UK, two-and-a-half-point road favorite. I'm gonna, I am I hate doing this. I think the Cats get it done. I think they're hitting they're I'm not big on Florida at all. Either, but I'd love to. I'd love my Todd Golden tweet to stop looking so bad. I think UK gets it done, though. All right, everyone have a fantastic Wednesday. Enjoy AEW tonight, Trev. Yeah, I can't remember who all is on the card. I just know there's there's two uh, big uh, Battle Royals. So Usually, Tony Khan, when he does Battle Royals, he, they will set up multiple uh, future feuds in those. Well, I'm excited to hear how Gangrel did. Uh, Gangrel, I saw I read an article yesterday. Gangrel admitted he hasn't watched AW in months. Well, says he's coming back tonight. We'll see Gangrel. Yeah. We'll talk about it tomorrow. Everyone have a fantastic Wednesday night. We'll see you guys tomorrow from the uh, Jeffersonville studio. Yeah, at baby. 3 o'clock. Look out, baby, because here I come.